So who watched Supergirl? Uh, I'll be downloading it as soon as we get off. I oh, was this the team up tonight? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I missed it. I watched like the last 20 minutes of it because I forgot it was on. 2020. Actually, mostly the last half hour, actually. Have you been watching uh, Supergirl regularly, Jim? Or just this episode? Actually, um, because this episode was coming, I started uh, I started binge-watching today. Oh, okay. So I got three episodes in. Okay. Yeah. I've seen like a bunch of scattered random episodes. I, I intend to go back to it at some point. Am I the only one who's been watching it regularly? <clears throat> of us, it looks like. It's yes. Good, it's a good show. Yeah. You know, I missed the first episode. <laughs> so, you know, like, I just kind of... The pilot is kind of, like, it's very much a pilot, you know? Like, I watched that and I'm like, I like this, but I look forward to seeing a real episode yeah. kind of pilot. So you're not really missing anything. It definitely needs to. It def, it de, you, you have to give it time to find its feet. And I think you got to give it time, a little more time than your average TV show, unfortunately. But it does find its voice, and it's so happy and bright. And I just, it's just, it's the perfect, like, complement to Flash, you know? you know. While being also distinctly different. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, it's interesting because like, like I love Flash. Um, and this, you know, Supergirl from what I've seen so far, it's it's pretty good. It's okay. It's not amazing though. But uh, Lauren was watching the episode with me tonight, and like she actually was getting into it. And one of the things that she commented was that it was very positive and bright, as opposed to the Flash, which she views as dark and not as like cheery. And you know, when she looks up at it, well, it has been getting darker this season, so. Mm. Yeah. There's a picture floating around somebody drew of uh, Batman and Superman looking at each other being like, <laughs> I, I, that. I hate yeah. you, I hate you, and then Cap and Iron Man, I hate you, I hate you, and then Flash and Supergirl are in full color being like, friends are awesome, let's, let's be friends, yay, <laughs> And Lauren commented on that, she's like, she's like, that's exactly like that comic online, because there's literally a scene where Flash gets ice cream and they're just eating ice cream and are happy together. <laughs> this sounds like the greatest thing in the universe. It's pretty much like the greatest team up episode ever. Can I take a picture with your spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> I want to laugh at all these jokes when I see it later. Now I know there's a spaceship in Supergirl. <laughs> I knew that, but the line. <laughs> I watched I actually watched today the complete antithesis of this which is batman v superman <laughs> i'll see it on wednesday unfortunately you know you know what it is super bleak but it is no it's a lot better than i thought it was going to be yeah um, i'll we'll see <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean i'm looking forward to seeing it um which is odd because i kind of like, going in, I'm not expecting it to be good at all. But there's still things in it that I want to see. So, I think from that aspect, I will get out of it what I, you know, enough to make me, I guess, enjoy it to some extent. That was a very legal answer, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's see. 
All right, how, what's the order? In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. I'm Chad Bokelman. And I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. 2016 Special Report. Episode two, the Woo! deuce, the deuce, uh, the deuce drops tonight, baby. Mark, Mark wanted to do that one because it's such a long title. This episode, <laughs> yeah, the title of the episode that I that I really campaigned for too. <laughs> well, Mark, yeah, you, you just ha- you have such a positive passion burning inside you to talk about this stuff tonight. Yeah. It's going to be a passionate episode. <laughs> the, last, the last time we did a special report episode, it was about Rebirth. So guess what, guys? We're back to talk more about Rebirth. <laughs> Woo! Hey, do we know, is, like, is Rebirth just going to be, like, the title of these things for that first month? Like, are we going to be calling this DC Rebirth for the next few years? Like, 52? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that we're going to be titling... You know what? Actually, we probably will be calling it post-rebirth, just as a a point on the timeline, because there is going to be a DC rebirth. Yeah, know, but I mean, like, like how we've for a long time now had you know the new Fifty Two as part of like the marquee at the top of each issue. They're not going to do that with rebirth or anything, right? I don't. Think I wouldn't so. be surprised if they did, though. No, I, yeah. but I don't think they will. I think once we, I think it's only going to be on for the rebirth issues, and then I think I don't think at this point that it's going to carry forward. Like, but we'll have to know. We'll have a better idea once the first couple of issues come out. Once we get past the first couple, first couple of months, and all the rebirth issues are technically all the rebirth issues where every title is out, then we'll know if they stick with it or not. But, yeah. Well, we're gonna get right into the discussion because we already. You know, we we talk all the time, anyways. So let's get the facts out first. So it was uh, it was March twenty sixth, Saturday. The DC had a uh, what? Would, would you say it's it was a, a press conference slash live what? streaming event? Yeah, there you go. Uh, at WonderCon, talking about Rebirth, announcing creative teams, so on and so forth. We'll get into that stuff as specific to Green Lantern later on, and any other titles we might be interested in. But it was uh, Dan DiDio, Jeff Johns, and Jim Lee, and that chick from the DC All Access thing, uh, all there talking about Rebirth. The only other pertinent information, I would say, other than the fact that there's going to be an 80-page one-shot, I believe, starting everything off, is the fact that uh, all titles are going back to two ninety nine, including the 80-page one-shot uh, Rebirth special. So, so they're holding the line at two ninety nine. Reholding the line. 
I foresee nothing but lasting, lasting good changes that come from this decision. I think my LCS still has a holding the line at two ninety nine poster on their wall. That was a smart investment yeah. to keep it. You know, as time goes on, it just gets more and more ironic. <laughs> so they announced creative teams, art teams, and I guess everybody kind of gave a, I don't know, one sentence, two sentence synopsis of everything that's going to be happening. Uh, and of course, the Green Lantern team came out, and that's obviously what we're going to be focusing on. But I'm sure we have some thoughts on the overall rebirth news of itself, maybe other titles that we've been picking up. So, oh, yeah, who wants to take it? <laughs> who wants to take it from there? Good night, everybody. That's <laughs> Justice League Fifty Two. Ah, uh, yes. The you mean the gateway to the Jessica Cruz land? <laughs> yes. Yes, the, the gateway comic. Uh, so, what, Justice League with 52, which is when Jessica Cruz swaps rings pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the cover has got her reaching for a Green Lantern ring. Uh, now, this is going to be written by Sam Humphreys, who's also going to be taking on the uh, the main monthly book. One of them. Well, her so, book, her monthly yeah, book. Her <laughs> book. Yes, yes. Her, he'll be writing her monthly book. And... Yeah. So yeah. So they'll be towing the line at two ninety nine, but this particular issue is three ninety nine. Oh, because it's not technically part of the rebirth. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. the next gym. Come on. Yeah. This is this is fifty two death. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'll pay three ninety nine for the fifty two death. <laughs> Here, take my money. Kill it. <laughs> yes. It's like it's like it's like the death of Jason Todd all over again. Instead of calling a line, you're voting with your dollars. You know, I, I really like. I am just dying to know what the hell happens to the power ring ring. Okay. So hopefully we'll find. I'm I'm probably, I'll probably get issue fifty two as well. Uh, just now because I'm. Well, I'm, I'm going to have no choice but to read the main book whether I wanted to or not short term, so I might as well at least have a little bit of a, a, back, a ever so brief background on her before we get, you know, probably the, the rehash or the jumping on version, which will be in issue one, you know, when Jeff Johns is co-writing. Yeah, I'll read it. Just, I mean, I've never read anything with Jessica Cruz in it, so I have no idea. I, I don't even know if I like this character or not, but I'm, like, I'm interested. The fact that they're going to be spotlighting two newbies off on their own and i put kind of air bunnies around newbies a little bit there but <laughs> I, I don't know I'm, I'm i'm pretty pleased with the decision they made for at least half of the lantern books that are coming out so yeah yeah i'll read that that justice league issue i might end up sticking with justice league for a few months anyway just to try it out because of what that team's made up of too yeah yeah i i am totally in agreement on that one because like yeah like baz isn't he has a lot of potential as a character and we haven't really gotten a whole lot of that and now we're getting like what is essentially the first female green lantern for the most part you know i listen to everybody i i know i know the the, the whole backstory but by and large this is the the first major league earth female lantern so hey. Jade. Jade, yes. She was Kyle's replacement for like a year. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, nobody was like buying that, you know, thinking it's like, oh, great. You know, this is our, you know, our Earth Green Lantern female. Because, well, for one thing, her skin is green. 
Like, oh, you know, oh, so it's, 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 so it's a race? <laughs> it's a color thing, what, man. What do you what do you got against the green ladies, huh? Huh? <laughs> what have you ever done for the green skins? The green skins. <laughs> but the, uh, so uh, you know, they buried them because they're probably dead. Jim, you got a good you got a great point. This is a, the first female Earth Green Lantern. If you don't count the actual first one or the several before that, well, if you well, if you listen. work. If you work under the belief that the ring is actually going to choose her, then you have a better case because the ring never chose Jade. Kyle just gave it to her. No, that's that is a good point. And I mean, Jade was like, you know, even before she was Green Lantern, like she had powers that were like Green Lantern. It's just like <laughs> so did Jessica. Excuse me, <laughs> is, is everybody forgetting Carrie Wren? That's in the future, though. It oh hasn't happened. I swear to God. She came first later. Yes, that's exactly. Well, very well put. She did come first, but not until like a couple of thousand years from now. Okay. Uh, I'm not forgetting about Jade. I'm not forgetting about Carrie Wren. And I'm also not forgetting about Donna, whatever her name was, who was offered a ring before Guy Gardner. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, what about that housewife whose kids fell through the ice? And, and oh, that's yeah. The point that I said. <laughs> Literally what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention, Chad. Anyway, like, yeah, well, we got Jessica Cruz, who is most likely going to be the Green Lantern in the movie. <laughs> and I'm not even, you know, talking, like, you know, sarcastically. I genuinely believe that now. You're Wait, didn't you like the uh, Baz's side? origin outside of the whole terrorist thing? One of you two was really. No, I liked Baz. I liked it. I think those three issues where Green Lantern was his solo book were awesome. I I hated his origin, but you I hated the Zero it. issue. You liked yeah the Zero issue. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, please! I, I, mean, I thought I, I was the, remembering that. The, the what what they set him up as like you know, first off like he's like was he, he was stealing cars wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was stealing cars, and then they thought that he was a terrorist. And, like, it, the whole thing was just so negative. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, as far as the character went after that, like, you know, he wasn't bad at all. Like, he was, you know, he was pretty cool. Like, he did some cool things. It's just that, you know, he'll just always forever be linked to that, like, awful, awful origin. Yeah, we, yeah. Should, we, should, we should say... Uh... There will be three titles, well, two two Green Lantern titles, both both of them, right? Twice twice monthly. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. So two Green Lantern titles twice monthly. The first one is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. We are keeping Robert Venditti as the writer, but on the plus side, we are getting Ethan Van Skyver as the artist regularly. Half uh, the time, right? Well, yeah. Whether will he'll be able to keep <laughs> up with a twice monthly schedule is remains to be seen. Well, uh, no, there's no way. There's literally isn't... no way. Isn't it? Because don't all the twice monthly books have a pair of artists that are going to swap yes. out? I think so. Yeah. So probably well, I know for, I know for, book. I know for sure the Wonder Woman one does because it's telling two different stories at the same time. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the solicits now. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number one is Ethan Van Skyver and I don't know how to say his name. Rafa Sandoval. Okay. Yeah, and so I, the, I, the Green Lanterns title because we, we thought it was going to be green lantern core right and then they revealed then it was just going to be called green lanterns 
Yeah. Uh, I think, okay. Uh, they had said it was Green Lantern. No, they had said it was Green Lanterns before. Oh. They, yeah. they had said it was Green Lanterns before, because that's the book and people would... Was... Good right. job. Oh, and then the other one was uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that right. was, cause as soon as we heard Green Lantern, that's the book that was always being focused on the Jessica Cruz, though we're not telling you it's Jessica Cruz, but we know it's Jessica Cruz, <laughs> that book. Yeah. Yeah, and the Green Lanterns title has um, Sam Humphreys doing the writing. Now, Jeff Johns will be co-writing the Rebirth special issue with him, but he's going to be taking over the title by himself. After that, Robson Roca and uh, Artie and Syaf will be doing the art chores on that, and then that one is the one that features both Simon and uh, and Jessica. But there's also the Justice League book written by Brian Hitch with art by Tony Daniel and Fernando Pissarra. And the reason I bring that up is because they made a big deal of announcing that both Jessica and Simon will be part of the Justice League, and evidently they're a big part of at least the first story arc. Yeah, and this is because Simon's been on a Justice League team before, but it was always like the B team that nobody cared about. Yeah, Justice League this, of America, I think. Yeah, this time is just straight up the big guns Justice League. He's there with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg, and I think that's the whole team plus those two. I don't know. I sent a picture of the thing. Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, that's them. Yeah. Which is which? You know what? I Aquaman. like Aquaman. Aquaman, Aquaman, of course. Yes. I like. I, am... it. I, I, I got. I, I got. Sorry. I, I, I got to agree with what you said earlier, Dan. Is I was telling Mark earlier today. I'm kind of not that I won't be critical and, and negative about things that deserve it, but I'm kind of burned out on being on hating some of this stuff. So I'm willing. I'm willing to find whatever positivity I can in it, just so I don't just spiral into a pit of despair. Uh, I see that. I see that. <laughs> but. I will say that, you know, when we did the uh, State of the Green Lantern Union episode, I I said, you know, what I wanted, you know, four different titles and how I wanted them to be and all that. Well, one of the things I did say in there is if you're going to keep Jessica and Simon, but I think I I only said Simon at the first uh, first time. If you're going to keep these characters around, you need to put your money where your mouth is. You need to back them and put them in the main Green Lantern title and give us a reason to care. Technically, they're doing that. I mean, so they are front and center in their own book in a main Green Lantern family title. So they're doing it, and whether it works out or not, that's one thing. But at least they are sticking to their guns. If they're going to keep these characters around, they're making them a big deal. And it kind of helps that they're also putting them on the Justice League, too. So, Oh, yeah, something I really like is the fact that that I'm excited to see where these specific characters go in their book, and I also have the option of following their adventures with the Justice League. So it's kind of like if if I were somebody named, I don't know, let's say Clark Clarble, and I don't <laughs> like what Venditti is doing with the rest of the Green Lantern universe, I could kind of ignore that and just focus on the Green Lantern universe that is the adventures of Simon and Jessica. Because they've got, like, their book is coming out twice monthly, and they're in this third team book. So it's like, there's enough here to be, like, a stack of new Green Lantern material every month all by itself. 
without any of the other stuff on top of it, too. I don't know how much the two ongoings are going to interact with each other in terms of, like, the Green Lanterns and the Venditti book, but I have to imagine... Like, it, it, I get the impression it's going to be fairly separate. At least Let's for a while. I, Let's hope. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the game plan. I think all... The only, the only negative, I guess, to the... Well, there's a bunch of potential negatives, and that because I'm being negative. I'm just being honest, and, because we know, <laughs> because we know the overall fan reaction to both these books has not been particularly overwhelmingly good. <laughs> you have, you have a. We'll deal with the, the Robert Venditti book in a second, list because we're focusing right now on the Jessica Simon book. That this book are, has a lot of hurdles. It's got to clear because we already have one whole book dedicated to two lanterns that, for the most part. Up to, at least up to now, most people don't care about or know anything about. Uh, so that's kind of a big, that's a big hurdle unto itself. Plus, you have the finicky fandom of Green Lantern fans who everybody's got their favorite lantern, and since all the other lanterns, not just Earth's Green Lanterns, pretty much every other Green Lantern is all shoehorned into one book, and these two people have their own book. There's always a potential fallout, you know, in a negative way for that because people might not. You know, buy into that literally and financially and you know emotionally. They may not invest a lot of you know time and invest a lot of time and have a vested interest in in, in this book. Uh, I think they are they're kind of like hedging their bets a little bit because I think making the Red Lanterns <laughs> the arch villains in this book, at least in the beginning, I think they're kind of and showing I guess Larfley is also on the cover or one of the covers for these for the Rebirth issue. Uh, the number one, one of the variant covers that I think they're, they're, they're trying – in a way, this might be the emotional spectrum book where you're going to see all the other cores other than potential – where you're going to see some cores. It's like they're trying to divide it up, it seems, since we know like yeah. the, the yellow – since we know the Sinestro core is going to be factor into the other book and who knows about you know Indigos and <laughs> and you know we – so – but I think they're kind of hedging their bets a little. They figure the, people still like the Reds and they still like Atrocitus even though – you know, he's kind of been all – we still need some backstory on how Atrocitus is even back. But I think they're focused they, – that's almost like a crutch because they figure that that's a built-in thing people are going to like. Plus you have Earth, and you, ask, you also have an interesting dynamic in a way going on because you have you have basically three different cores all kind of claiming Earth on one, on one level because technically the yeah. Reds really do have it. On, the Reds technically – it should be theirs because – because Hal gave it to Guy, and that agreement should still be in effect, even though Guy's not there. Blee's know the, knows the agreement was made. But you have Simon, who was told to protect the Earth, and he always had the agreement that Simon was going to stay on Earth, and now Jessica's kind of like his partner, so they have a claim. And obviously the Sinestro Corps controls the universe for the most part, and Arkillo with St. Walker are pretty much also like protectors of 2814. So you have all these different factions, which you assume will interact, so that's why... I am I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm going into this book and I'm gonna give it a shot and I not just because I have to for the show because I'm hoping it will be good and I love the cover I love that I love the Van Skyver Rebirth Green Lanterns cover which you know which is the homage to, to Green Lantern Rebirth number one yeah instead of the Spectre holding up the power battery and seeing Parallax in it you have Jessica holding up the power battery seeing Simon in it that's pretty cool and I love the fact that it's set on Earth. Yes, it's such. It's presented as being such a contrast to the other book, where it's like the other book to me just, at least based on what I've read so far, feels like it's like taking the every book in the existing line and just smushing it into one series. 
and having that out be out in space and chaos with everybody you know and love. And then you got this book over here where it's focusing on these two new newer characters, putting them on Earth and just having them learn the ropes and deal with shit as it comes. Like it's like this is like the thing that always drove me crazy is how we had like two or three or four books going at the same time and they were all the same damn thing. Now we're getting variety. It's two kinds of varieties, but it's still they're different. I like I can pick up a issue of each series and presumably without even looking at the characters understand, oh, I must be reading this book and not that book. And I haven't been able to say that for a long time. Hmm. One of the concerns that I have and you know, like I'm sure that they'll figure this out at some point, but with Hal and the Green Lanterns, like that's yeah. Okay. So it's got, you know, Hal Jordan, um, uh, I think Guy and John are going to be in that book, too. Kyle, too. Kyle, too. Yeah, they mentioned Kyle. Oh, they did mention Kyle, too. Well, Guy Ethan, mentioned Kyle. Ethan, Ethan did it on uh, Twitter, and he posted a picture of Kyle as a White Lantern. Oh, oh okay. Cool. okay. Was I he see. in his Omega Men costume? Uh, no, he was as a White Lantern, although, Mark, I don't know, you, you, you can back me up on this if you, uh, if you th- thought the same thing, but... Did it not look like kind of like a homage slash, you know, here's where we've been kind Maybe. of art piece as it, opposed to an actual action piece? It could be interpreted that way, cause, but, but but even because it's all kind of up in the air because it did show the Templar Guardians, too. So we don't know if it's current. We don't know, uh, you know, once we get into the series again, we don't know if it's, yeah, it's kind of like almost like a primer catching people up on, you know, these are the main players or this is what's happened in the meantime. It So it could be something like that, but certainly... I really hope, I mean, if they're trying to really make it easy for people, they, they pretty much, regardless of who's reading Omega Man and what you think of it, they pretty much should ignore that crap and just pick up from where we left yeah. off when we saw Kyle. And Kyle should be white yeah. anyway. You know, he should be a White Lantern, and that's the way it should be, uh, to at least to begin the series. So I'm going to, so hopefully it's it's more, <laughs> that's more, regardless of what that panel indicates, what that splash page indicates, that it's still going to be, that's the way Kyle's going to look, at least to begin the series. You know, I found out yesterday that Kyle still has a ring. I had no idea. (laughs) Um, But what you call it? Yeah, so, like, that's going to be so much stuff that, you know, two books a month, not going to have any trouble whatsoever filling that. Like, they could alternate from one district of the Green Lantern Corps to the other every single book. And, you know, it'll basically just be like getting two different Green Lantern books at that point. I like the fact that we're going to see Carol as a star sapphire again. Yep. Um, and she's not, and she's the... not in the Kyle book. Oh, actually she could still technically be in well, with yeah. Kyle. Cause she is in the Kyle book, if you will. Probably <laughs> not though. And then, um, the other weird thing is that you actually have two guardians on that cover in their red robes. Ganthet so that's like yeah. classic. It's Ganthet and Sade. Is it? Yeah. It's Ganthet and I thought, Sade. I thought, I thought Ganthet was on the, uh, Green Lantern's cover, the one with Larfleys and, uh... No. Yeah, with, like, the long white hair. Yeah, in the top left. I thought that was on yeah. the other cover. Hold on. No, yeah, look look at look at the cover. I'm trying, uh, to, I'm trying to get the right link, because I got frig- eight friggin' links opening, and I gotta get back to the... F- so you got Simon and Jessica up front, and we got Blee's, Atrocitus, and Larfleys, and right above Larfleys... I thought there was a Guardian, but that's not the... Hold on, let me take a look at this... Yeah, there's a guardian there. No, it's on, on the co- on the cover. 
If you go to the cover, the alternate cover of Green of of Hal and the Green Lantern Corps number one, where you have Carol right. over over his shoulder, you look to the left, and that's and that's Ganthet and Sade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I guess that could be Sade, yeah. But yeah. we're all, we're also talking about the other cover. Yeah, yeah I know. It just, it's, but I'm I know, but I'm the one who mentioned Ganthet and Sade, and I know. Oh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It looks like there is another guardian with long flowing hair, or whoever the hell it is, above Lorfleece. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> maybe that's another pale bishop or something like that. Yeah, what's that weird ass symbol? I thought that was like a signature or something because uh-huh. I didn't re- recognize it. Hmm. Mm, it isn't though. No, because the no, signature's this... in the bottom corner. Yeah, by Baz. Um, ah, who the hell knows? We'll figure it out later. But yeah, anyway. So my point is, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, um, or yeah, that, that's that's what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, okay, I can see them being able to, you know, fill that one, even though it's Venditti writing, which everybody knows I have hesitations about. The other one... Well, we know. (laughs) Does everybody else know? (laughs) Anybody that, I guess, knows me personally, um, well, should know. They should know how I feel about (laughs) Venditti. The other one, though, with Baz and Jessica Cruz, like... I am definitely looking forward to that, like, for the same reasons that Dan said. Like, this could very well be set apart from the Venditti mess. And then, like, you know, we could actually focus on that and enjoy it. But, like, here, you know, it's not a whole lot of characters. So how are you going to fill two books a month with that? Like, that's that's the kind of thing that I'm worried about. Like... Are we going to be reading about, like, okay, well, here's Jessica and Baz doing this, and the next episode, you know, next issue, it's like, you know, okay, well, they're doing, you know, um, flashbacks to her growing up, which nobody, you know, is going to care about. Like, that kind of thing. The only reason this book seems more sparsely populated is because the other book has a literal billion characters in it. Like, most of the... Like, DC's has, like, what, 17 books that are going twice monthly? A lot of those star one person. Like, it doesn't... The fact that there's only two main characters in this book isn't going to be an issue, as long as the writer knows what he's doing. Listen, it's not that it's just two characters. It's that it's two relatively new relatively not super popular characters that are going to be carrying this book. Like, it's, you know, Superman can carry, like, you know, umpteen books. Batman can carry umpteen books. I have no doubt that Wonder Woman is going to be able to carry, you know, a bi-monthly book, or was it bi-weekly, whatever they call it. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Yeah, so like that—that's the kind of like those those heroes, you know, that are well known, that have that kind of recognition, you know, that's cool. Here you have two, you know, newcomers that are going to be coming out, you know, every other week. Like I'm on board for that. But the title is Green Lanterns. That's the that's the that's the difference. They're giving their main characters to each two books a month for a reason but they they that, that's i think that's also part of the reason they named it hal jordan in the green lantern Corps. just the name recognition now obviously they didn't do it like diana prince wonder woman of those here i like <laughs> yeah. but but i think and and i don't want to get into it but i think it's also part of the whole you know who's going to be the green lantern of the the cinematic universe is to get the name hal jordan out there but that's just me i'll shut up i won't go anymore that's not what we're we're, we're talking about but <laughs> I th- in my mind, that's part of the reason. P- 
part of the reason I think they're doing the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern core. And then they're just leaving the other one called Green Lantern, so it still sells. I think no matter what anybody thinks about the potential casting of the movies, the fact remains that marketing does matter and branding matters. And it's it's kind of always been true that the book called Green Lantern Core sells less than the what's perceived to be the main book. Yes. So if they're yeah. gonna put Hal Jordan, who's who is you know for better or worse the main character of Green Lantern in this Green Lantern Core book, you're gonna want to call it something other than Green Lantern Core to let people know, oh, we should care about this. Okay, yeah. because honestly, like despite the fact that it has a pesky little S that makes it super easy to mispronounce and misspell. Calling this book Green Lanterns is going to help it. Just like calling the other book Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps is going to help it. But I still think, even though you are correct, that technically if you look at the two titles of these monthly books, you would think which one's closer to being the flagship title by name, it would be Green Lanterns. But yeah. I still think Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps is definitely going to outsell the other one. <laughs> Oh yeah, most likely. I th- I just think like they they were very strategic about naming yes. both of these things to kind of give them both that that kind of flagship bump. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I just realized that on the Hal Jordan uh, and the Green Lanterns uh, core cover, that's Sinestro in the parallax. Yes. Yeah, I yep. noticed yes. that too. And I'm so happy. And Sora still has her uh, Sinestro core leader armor on. That's that's awesome. the costume. That's the costume that she has as as the leader of the Sinestro Corps. Oh yeah, because the other symbol is kind of obscured. Nice. I the only thing I, I the only thing I don't like about that art is I don't like the fact that he that Sandoval seems to draw going back to drawing Sinestro with the longer head. But then again, Van, we know Van Skyver does that too, so I guess we're gonna have yeah. to accept that that's going to be the. Uh, and to be fair, that has been, that is your traditional way of drawing Sinestro. And even when after yeah. Jeff Johns came back, it's just that I've kind of personally I've gotten used to you know the the more normal size head Sinestro over the past you know two or two to four years. So, but it just well, struck me because I'm so used to not seeing it now. But hopefully it's just a cover because it drives me nuts that John's wearing white gloves. That's for another time. But Kilowog looks like he was stung by a whole bunch of bees. <laughs> <laughs> And the central power battery, unfortunately, still doesn't look like a central power battery. <laughs> that drives me nuts. <laughs> How do you not get the and central so, power battery right? And, and somewhere, Billy Tan is laughing. You thought it was just me, mothers! <laughs> I can't even draw and I can get the central power battery oh, right. <laughs> is that, is that you, are you speaking for you, or is that supposed to be a Billy Tan crack? <laughs> speaking for me. I thought, I know, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, Sinestro as Parallax is intriguing too because you kind of figure out how's that going to work. Unless maybe he finds the <laughs> he finds the convergence Parallax and rips the friggin' entity out of him since the other <laughs> ones hold new Corridor together. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it could. Probably. Two Parallaxes I mean, for the price have, of one. Yeah, we're going to have two Parallax entities r- running around the universe and like nothing else. <laughs> Perfect. Give them a team book. I don't know. Don't, Mark didn't expand on that last episode, but don't, don't you guys think that the the gauntlet how that's gone all constructy is something to do with Ion? Yeah. My 
my first instinct when I saw that page was like, holy shit, is he becoming a will entity? <laughs> I mean, it'll probably be significantly less cool than that because most of our theories are usually not what they do. <laughs> you, you, you can say it. They're better. <laughs> we, we rule. The views expressed by Jim and Jen on the Lantern cast are not necessarily the views of... <laughs> Well, Sorry, we, go. We, we, know, we know the gauntlet doesn't get powered from the central power battery, so maybe we're going to find out that at the end of the day, the backpack and the gauntlet actually, have, when when uh, Krona constructed them, always was drawing power directly from the from from Ion. Maybe that's maybe we'll find that out, and maybe it's, maybe it's going to be a way to to open the door for the entities to sl- at least one entity at the time at a time to slowly come back. But I hope Mark, how I Mark. hope how okay. It's not supposed to exist. <laughs> like I'll, I still, like I said, I when I first read that, and I mentioned that ep- in the last episode, that I didn't automatically think he was referring to Ion. I thought he was referring to something else. But you could be right. You, that, it would make sense on one level, except why would he know about it? Why would he sense? Why would he pick up on Ion to begin with, or know he wouldn't exist when the, when this parallax doesn't know jack shit about this universe, <laughs> including the history of Co City? <laughs> so I don't know. We'll, well, well m- much, much, much like. Much like the writer of that book. <laughs> uh, I, I hope it. Hal pries the back of that thing off with a screwdriver and just finds a bunch of like mice running on a big treadmill inside. <laughs> Little green mice. Yep. That's probably gonna be close to what we get. <laughs> <laughs> it's chip. And they explain they explain that Oa was originally an experiment to find the answer to life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> God. <laughs> Hey, can I ask an, an unrelated aesthetic question here? Sure. Sure. We already went. On, we already went on a tangent about Hitchhiker's Guide. Let's do it. Great. So I'm looking at covers. I'm looking at these covers. I've never read a single thing with Jessica Cruz in it. Is there a reason why her eye always has a like a symbol over it? Not that I know of. Is she like blind in that eye or something? Is that like a like why? Because I saw. A picture of her as power ring, and it's got the same thing going on. Maybe that's her deal. Oh. Oh, wait, no, no, because if you look at uh, the cover of Justice League 52, yeah. she is looking at that ring, and there are no markings over her eye, and she's clearly looking at it with both eyes. Well, okay, so she's not blind. I think you guys are focusing on the wrong thing. Yes, she's our first. Uh... Hispanic Lantern, yes, she's our first, uh, according to Jim, our first female Green Lantern. I think yeah. she's our first pirate Green Lantern. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> pirate, pirate equality! <laughs> just, just as long as she's not green, right, Jim? Jeez. <laughs> you know what I mean. We know what you mean. God. It's alright, I'm still pissed at Jade. <laughs> I know. Then why, why did why were you hoping she was going to come back then during the whole the le- the legacy legacy tying with tie in at some which we'll have to get to at some point about rebirth as a whole. But why why were you kind of hoping Jade was going to come back then? I think you, better, I figured you'd be hoping for Alan Scott more than friggin' Jade, real Alan Scott. Better the evil you know, Mark. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Shut up, Jim. <laughs> you just left her away. Uh. Would have been no evils. <laughs> No evil shall escape my sight. Yeah, yeah, you have to see it. 
We're never going to see classic Wally West again. Yeah, that's kind of that was one of the first things that struck me when when I was watching that thing live. Uh, yeah. Other other than as I, as I mentioned, I think the chat and, and Myron and from Blog of Oa and a few other people. As I was watching the you know them roll out creative teams after creative teams, and, and when Robert didn't come out for another book, you kind of had a feeling what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, to be and to be fair, before I, go, I finish my original thought, and Chad mentioned this too. Robert now has a lot more uh, toys to play with in the sandbox than he probably had yeah. before. Okay. He doesn't have to coordinate so much with the with other books, or, or had the problem of having to coordinate two books when it wasn't supposed to be the case because of the changing creative teams before you know they get they ever took over the way that you know the Red Lantern and the Green Lantern Corps switched creators. So he had to help Van Jensen basically and be co co scripting and co writing with Van Jensen for the first umpteen issues of that book too. But he had so he has basically he almost has all the Green Lantern stuff other than what's going on on Earth to play with on his own. He's got the Sinestro Corps to play with, which he kind of didn't have before. Uh, he's got he can have Carol. He's got all these different things. Obviously, it looks like he's going to have Ganthet and Sade back on the table, who've been gone since you know Jeff Johns left. Other than you know those cameo appearances and the you know epilogue issues, so he's got a lot more tools to play with, a lot more toys, and he's got a second chance because of that. And I think a lot of people, well, we're in, the overall consensus clearly is not that people are gung ho about you know everything. It's, the irony of this is we're kind of in the same position as we were with the new 52 launch, which is that it doesn't look like Green Lantern continuity is really getting thrown off much. Everything's just kind of going forward, and the creator staying the same. Except obviously people were at, had a much different opinion of that continuity and the creator when the new 52 started. And the new fifth, and Green Lantern was one of the two big cash cows, pretty much with Batman at the time. The new Fifty Two started, so they weren't going to rock the boat. Yeah. Now we're in a different position, but it seems like we're kind of getting the same thing, and people were almost ready for a change overall because people have been coming disgruntled. But he's got a second chance now to kind of hit the ground running, and that's the important thing. He's got to hit the ground running. He can't have a crap. Uh, you can't have a crappy first issue or even a pretty good first issue and then get kind of like a, a meandering arc that doesn't seem to go anywhere. And, and it's and I'm not even even talking about like uprising long. I just mean you can't have something that just is not, you know, kind of just loses that goodwill right off the bat because that's going to be hard for people to stick with because people are not happy as it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's really it's kind of shocking to me that they kept Venditti on these books. Because, I mean, like, you know, it would be one thing if he was, like, a polarizing writer where some people absolutely hated him and some people absolutely loved him and the numbers, like, you know, were decent. But, I mean, like, you know, the numbers under Venditti, like, Green Lantern's hitting, like, what, 50s? It's around 50, I think. The last, Yeah, I think the low last 50, time. high 60, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, that's awful. For like one of the well, w w honestly, like a couple of years ago, he was like top three. Like when when Blackest Night was coming out, Green Lantern was like part. Of, he, like it was like we made a joke of it. Like he was part of the Trinity. Him, yeah. Batman, yes. and Superman sold the books. They sold the most books. Yeah, he and, he absolutely. When you go by by relevance along with sales and 
that at that time during the heyday of Jeff Johns, there's no doubt Cal technically was really he would never admit it because it's not politically correct, and you want to have the female being you know because Marvel doesn't have that. So, but yes, Hal really was the third part of the Trinity, probably for like about at least three or four years. Well, yeah. to, and, and, to, to to be fair, and I, I don't I don't you know I, I've been sort of I mean I guess Mark maybe maybe kind of vague. No, I'm not a particularly a fan of Venditti's direction. I'll go on record now saying I'm not a particularly a fan of it. But I also think it's kind of unfair to judge Venditti's run based on the single most successful time in Green Lantern history ever, including the most successful Green Lantern story ever. Listen, Chad, <laughs> Chad, Chad, Chad is not... absolutely right. Chad is at, Listen to these words. Chad <laughs> is absolutely right. This... I'm like, not saying you don't have a point. I'm are just you saying, going on record to say Chad was actually absolutely right? <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to listen to this, so sure. <laughs> it, it's too late. He's going to plaster it all over everything we do from now on, like a like a quote in the movie poster. <laughs> Full quotes, yeah. But like, like you can't judge the the general popularity of something based on how popular it was and how well it sold when they literally made the entire publishing line revolve around it for a calendar year. Like it's, it's it's Blackest Night era is not a good example of the normal level Green Lantern is usually at. It's Listen. is Ven, is Vendetti's run? No, I still think that's way lower, but it's not as low as you would make it uh, sound. Okay. Like I threw out Blackest Night because it's it's still fairly recent, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But even Green Lantern Rebirth sold extremely well, and the Sinestro Corps War sold exceedingly well. Like, what was it, um, Green Lantern 25, it, that was in the top ten. I, I don't remember how high it got. That might have been number one. It was in, like, the top five books for that month. And, like, and even the, uh, the, the reorders for that book were, like, really high. What I, my point is that even if you don't, you know, consider Green Lantern part of the top three, he was part of the top five since Rebirth all the way up until Jeff Johns left that book. And now, okay, well, I mean, saying that you can't compare, like, you know, Venditti's run to, like, this most successful run ever, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he took a book that was selling in the top ten, and now it's selling in, like, the 50s and 60s, regardless of how you feel about Venditti as a writer, regardless. He should not be on the book. They should have given it to somebody else to take it in a different direction. I mean, like, financially, like, leaving the... Like, you're leaving money on the table. Like, Green Lantern, you know, like, it's proven that he has the potential to become a very popular character. And financially, looking at the numbers, Venditti isn't pulling in those numbers give it to somebody else who might be able to pull in those numbers again. Now, I th now I, I tend to agree, obviously, not surprisingly, I tend to agree more with Jim on this, but I know what Chad's saying, and it, part of it's because it's the expectation game, it's and it's because, as the saying goes, like related to sports, you'd rather be the man that follows the man as opposed to the man that, I mean, you have, correction, you want to be the man that follows the man that follows the man 
as opposed to the man that follows the man. Because you're following, if you're if you're the one who has to follow the person who's super popular, super successful, then almost by definition you're gonna you're gonna fail. Even if you're still relatively successful in what you're doing, you're gonna be compared to the guy that came before you. So you'd almost rather be the guy that comes after that guy. So Venditti was walking into big shoes, and it and it, and it was a tough spot. And it, there's no, so being fair, it was a tough spot. Now yes. It, and this DC has to take a hit for this too. That it makes it more complicated because they did turn the keys, turn the keys over to the to the car to somebody who had no who had never driven before, if you will, using the analogy as, as far as Green Lantern goes. That he had no real background at all. That was probably not a good probably not a good decision. But then again, his pitch to get the book obviously included some of the uprising and lights out and things like that and DC bought into that you know even before he took the book over or when he like one of the first things I think he said like in an interview was how oh I have like the first year's stories all plotted out so I'm sure that was part of the pitch to get the book and DC seemed fine with it so they're kind of you know they're kind of an accessory <laughs> to what's to what's happened but Jim's right you would think based on how this franchise regardless of again if you want to how, where you want to spread the blame, and there's certainly blame to go around. That concern that how far this might sum it up, or this might sum it up nicely, uh, or getting the point across. When I was watching that panel roll out on on Saturday, when I was watching the Batman family and the Superman family, and then we get, and then you know, Bat and Green Lantern gets stuck with the Justice League group. We all know, like two or three years ago, we would have had our own panel. Yeah. The Green Lantern would have had its own family of books. There would have been all the Green Lantern creators because there would have been at least three to four books out there. It would have had its own panel. And now we're down to two friggin' bo two friggin' books, <laughs> and we damn well know, realistically speaking, there's almost no shot in hell that Jessica Simon book is going to survive unless they unless <laughs> unless DC <laughs> makes it survive or Jeff Johns makes it survive for a reason. Kind of like, and I'm not comparing the quality of the books at all because, of course, we don't know yet. But in general. Kind of like, I mean, Cullen Bunn, Sinestro deserved to survive because it was the best Lantern book pretty much since it started coming out. But Sinestro was going to survive for a certain period of time because it had a story to tell, which was important to all the other Green Lantern books. It had to get to a certain point before you could even think of ending it, even when the sales started to drop, getting closer to like 100. The only way this book is going to survive long, like for more than like two years max is if they they want to prop it up for a reason or if Johns takes it over, which probably would have been the smarter book, smarter move to begin with since he's not writing anything right now, right? He's not writing any monthly books. This would have been the book to put him on. That would have gotten buzzed about these characters. He comes back to Green Lantern sort of but not the whole thing and at least – but – that's about the only way I think this book is going to survive long term because it's hard to imagine people are going to love these characters enough to keep it alive more than Guy keeping the Red Lantern book alive, Kyle keeping the New Guardians book alive, and things like that. I could be wrong, but I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think that's a we all know we look at books when they get announced and we look, we can circle like three or four books in a wave when they get announced that we know those books are getting canceled. It's a matter of when. It's like like when Telos when they first when, when Telos was coming out you knew that book wasn't going to make it past a year if lucky and we know it didn't. There are some books that just aren't going to make it. You know they're not going to make it. And it's and it's and this one's going to get a push. And I'm sure they're doing everything they can, but almost like and it could be a, you could get a pushback too because they are jamming it down your throat with 
they tying it into <laughs> Justice League and getting this heavy dose of Jessica and Simon. It could pay off and make people care. It could make people get kind of resent the fact they're getting forgetting these characters that they really didn't want to have their own book anyway jammed down their throat at the expense of Kyle and John and Guy. So I it, okay, I'm sorry, Dan. I've been rambling. Good. No, it's, it's okay. You need to you need to exercise your demons. <laughs> you need to get this out. This is safe space. No sharp objects. It's all cool. <laughs> And I, the, I, <laughs> Go ahead. I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but at the same time, we live in a world where, despite everyone in our circles being fairly negative about Omega Men, the only way, like DC canceled that book, and they had to uncancel it because fans wanted it badly enough. Even though sales so, were still crappy, it was just that they oh, got. Yeah. They, 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 let's put it this way: they were a good example of. What goes on a lot in this country these days? The vocal minority. <laughs> it was a yeah. small group of people that just open, that raised, and it just shows you what people can do when they can't. You know what? They just, they just made a big stink, and they decided to let the book have its, you know, have it, have its day. But, but of course, this is how we kind of went off on this uh, tangent, uh, like like ten minutes ago now. But Wally West, that. They don't care enough to bring Wally West back, and it, which is ultimately the ultimate irony of talking about legacy, about trying to build yeah. legacy, even though a lot <laughs> of this legacy and rebirth, when you really look at it, is going forward from here now. Like, new new speedsters, and Batman, Batman and Superman's son, and, a, and, a, and an Asian Superman who gets Superman's powers, and all these... It's like, other than maybe bringing back Donna Troy, and yes, Ted Kord's coming back, but not as a Blue Beetle, but kind of as a mentor to, to Jaime Reyes... Uh, all, Wally West is almost like your quintessential uh, legacy character that people really, really... One of the few legacy characters that came... You could say Hallows, too. But one of the few legacy characters mm-hmm. that came after a super, super popular character before and kind of made took the mantle and made it his own. And, he's, and now he's he's the equivalent of Hal Jordan in the mid, the mid to early... The early to mid '90s, when he was a dirty word, and you couldn't use him for anything, including a, a story that didn't even really exist in our and our an Elseworld story like Kingdom Come. You couldn't even friggin' use Hal Jordan in that because you didn't want it to even touch the character. That's what Wally West has become. So kind of to to build on old DC's legacy and not and to pretty much still pretty much flip you the bird like the classic Alan Scott and classic uh, Wally West and and making it almost like a more slap and a bigger slap in the face by making the Wally West that nobody really cares much about and giving him powers. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's, I, I think a lot of what we're seeing with, you know, the way that they, they're kind of picking and choosing le- what legacy to bring in and things like not replacing Venditti on the book. It probably, it, it's at least helped along by the fact that this, is straight up a continuation of the new 52 continuity. Yes. Like, they haven't been as clear as... I, or, not clear. They haven't been as direct and blunt with it as I would have liked them to be, but they've been fairly clear about that. Like, we're we're not going into this questioning, all right, is this rebooting this? Is it rebooting everything? Is it rebooting this specific book? It's, as far as I can tell, it's just across the board. It's the same exact continuity. We're just retconning in... Things that you didn't know yet, which, you know what, if that works like it did when they did Green Lantern Rebirth, I'm all for it. Um, But there was like a... I've read so many articles, I don't know where it was. There was some stray line about how they are still planning to bring back the Legion and the classic Justice Society, but they they want to do them 
in their own big storylines to really like they don't they want to bring it back in a way they can really spotlight and point people at and say look look what we're doing so i but ps i I wouldn't be surprised if if uh and and i if i if i were a betting man and had spare money to bet (laughs) i'd I'd say that jeff johns will be writing a book in the middle either be jsa or legion that would be pretty nice Huh? Uh, Legion Legion is probably going to go to um, um, the guy who was writing for Marvel. Um, the guy, I think it's uh, Hickman. Jonathan oh, really? Hickman? Yeah, because um, what I had heard was that I thought Jonathan Hickman was like the Avengers dude. I can't. I don't remember think he is. It's... I don't think he is anymore. I think his run ended. Yeah, I think uh, I think DC snatched him up. And then I'm pretty I'm pretty sure because uh, Hickman did the the Fantastic Four run that I remember. Um, yeah, right before his Avengers takeover. Yeah, yeah. So and he's like a huge uh, Legion fan. So I think that he finally got his chance to to write the Legion, and uh, he kind of like tweeted out a, a like a like a teaser or something like that, but. Um, I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen there. Well, the Which, Jack will be on JSA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah John, I don't know. John, John's on the Justice on uh, not Justice Society, on uh, Legion would be interesting, because that's another book that you can almost bet whenever they announce it, you can just take a bet on when it's going to get canceled, because it just always <laughs> does. Which is one of those things that, it's like it's like a New God series, you know? It's like, every, it's like you go to the well, it's like, and I guess it's not beyond the realm of possibility that yeah, if you pair, let's use an example using Johns as the example because even though I don't think Johns is nearly as popular as he was overall, but he's still pretty popular and people were happy with his overall. I guess with his run on Justice League, uh, Johns has enough clout that any book he goes on is gonna at least we know it's gonna be successful for a while, for a while and probably be moderately successful as long as he stays on it. Lee, but so there are some characters that. Other than that, you really have to get get lightning in a bottle to have a shot to keep the books going. People love Legion. They love going to the well. Legion, you know, it just doesn't last. I mean, people don't care enough. It's like new gods. It's like the way Marvel used to go to the well with Man Thing like every couple of years. It's not going to work. <laughs> I know. It's, it's – it's, it, I don't know. And it's – that's what – I don't know. It gets frustrating with some – and I appreciate the love for these characters, but it's like – when the hell was it? How long ago has it been that we had a like a super successful and popular Legion book? I mean, really? The '80s when Firestorm was coming yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's a long Fire, time. I think I think it was Firestorm and Legion were the top two selling books. That Teen Titans, Teen Titans, yeah. Right. So that's a that's a yeah. long time, and it's so. I mean, I would, I definitely could, we definitely could see Johns doing Justice Society because we know we did that before, and he and he does a good and he does a good job with that. Uh, and it would be good, and it would make sense to bring some of these characters back over o- over time. And maybe once we actually read the 80-page special, we'll get a kind of an idea. Once we realize like who the narrator is and who who I like that co- I like the cover at least what we see of the cover because I kind of like almost like that what the Sistine Chapel kind of thing where everybody's like reaching yeah. out almost like towards the hands of God with the lightning, and you have no idea who all the you know all the heroes are reaching out to. That's I kind of like the Jeff mis- Johns. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice the layout of that cover was basically the same layout as the uh, uh, First Lantern uh, issue twenty? That all the heroes on the one side going towards this. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, 
It, it, it reminded me a lot of that first Lantern, uh, it, the, the Green Lantern 20 cover. It's Volthoom, he saves the universe! <laughs> Finally. Finally, yes! Uh, um, yeah, the one shot I th- I'm interested in, I think I'll enjoy whatever the story we're going to get in that book. It does still make me nervous that supposedly there's, you know, the biggest, most controversial panel that's ever been in a DC book is supposed to be in that, which is hyperbole, yeah. I'm sure. But it makes you, but whenever, when you hear DiDio talking crap like that, it makes you nervous what that's going to be. So that, At least that, we know Nightwing's going to be alive. Yeah. Can have a blue costume? Yes. Yay! Um, uh, I also think that one of the, you, you were talking about another you, uh, Mark. You were talking about the the eggs that Venditti has in his basket. Yeah, he's got more creative control now. I he's been on the book so long now that I don't think I can I I can comfortably anymore say that every problem that we've had with Venditti and his storylines in the Green Lantern title could potentially be traced back to him not having full control over his own title because he's been, <laughs> he's been on it too long for that to be true. However, this is it. Like this is his, this is his proving ground because I still think some of the issues that we've not all, some of the issues we've had with his run stem from him not being completely 100% in control of his own storyline slash the characters within it. Um, and now he's got more control on it, and I think that we we know that for sure now. Even though nobody said anything, it's pretty obvious now. So that, coupled with the fact that he's got the assist of Ethan Van Skyver, and I don't mean the assist just on the art chores. The art chores, you know, that's that's enough for me to to continue buying it just to give it more of a, a shot. But also think about it. Ethan Van Skyver is actually a huge Green Lantern fan. Yeah. So so he can, you know, if 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 Venditti establishes a good relationship with his artist, Ethan could give him some pointers. So it's he's got a shot, and that and and all of this to say, all the all the chances he's getting now with with Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern, the, the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps title, this is it. If he and, and I'm, I'm sorry, if he still sucks after this. There's no turning back. He's had this is the title where he's getting every shot he can have, and if it still goes downhill, I'm sorry he's not the guy for the job. I think the fact that Ben Skyver is doing art on this is good. I mean, like I, I still love his art, uh, and looking at the numbers for uh, Edge of Oblivion, like we know, like we can basically know that Van Skyver alone is not going to carry this book. Correct. So, which I think, you know, I, I kind of like that. And I, I'm, I'm sure that, like, from one, you know, issue to the next, uh, the, the Van Skyver issues may get, like, a bump. You know, well, they may be, you know, end up going a little higher than the other issue just because of his art. I don't know. Like, that's a possibility. But like Chad said, like, Van Skyver is actually a fan. Van Skyver actually knows these characters. So if, like, he's actually able to give some input or, like, you know, raise objections or whatever, then I think this, you know, the book definitely has a better shot. But, you know, like, if there's a contentious relationship or if Van Skyver can't keep up with the pace, 
I mean, like, you know, like, at this point, at this stage of the game, like, give Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps to Ethan Van Skyver to write. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and let Ben Diddy draw it. I don't care. I think that would probably be better. You know, on some level, I feel like Ethan Van Skyver is kind of, as far as Green Lantern goes, he's kind of the Jeff Johns of art. In that, you know, there... Just him being there and working on it is no guarantee anymore of the quality it will be. But you you kind of want him there, you know. It if, the fact that he's there working on it kind of it evokes a certain feeling of a certain time, and it's something that you just kind of yeah. Other artists are great, and you want to have them cycle through so you can see different cool stuff, but. You kind of want to go home again sometimes. Yeah, if you follow Ethan on Twitter, he's psyched. Like he, he's, I think he's, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure one of his tweets said, this is it, this is where I belong. Yeah, he said he wants to stay in the, that as far as he's concerned, as long, more or less, as long as he's, you know, he's allowed to stay in the book, he will. Like he'll, like as far as he's concerned, like he'd, he'd sign up to stay on for like the next hundred issues. Uh-huh. Awesome. So, so yeah, I think that that that's pretty that's pretty pretty cool to hear. You mean the next fifty out of a hundred issues? <laughs> well, one, once well one monthly issue. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but like I now. Oh, well, I, yeah. the The one other thing is like the one caveat is that if Venditti like continues to churn out garbage. Like, and, you know, and, and, you know, Ben Skyver is like, you know, like, um, you know, you should fix this, this, and this. And Ben Diddy's like, nope, take it. That's it. Like, you know, I, I would, I would wonder if, uh, you know, if like he might get fed up and not want to do the book. Well, they might decide at that point, uh, let's say, let's say you were correct. Just hypothetically, let's say there's this pseudo power <laughs> power struggle that occurs, like maybe like five months in, you know, into post rebirth. Well, if the yeah. sales are still crappy on the book, DC might just say, "Hey, if we have if we have to choose between keeping Ethan and, and Robert, we're going to keep Ethan and just get a different writer." Because <laughs> remember, yeah. one of the rumors that was floating around back when I think when Myron posted that thing back in the fall, or whatever, or the idea that how Van Skyver was going to be drawing at least one monthly Lantern book, and he was going to theoretically be able to pick his own writer. Maybe that concept will come back again. If if maybe that's the maybe that's the failsafe, if you will, or uh, down the road, if if. If if it doesn't work out, maybe that maybe he will have input at least on who the who the next writer is going to be because obviously his art is going to help and certainly Robert gets a boost from the point of view that we know honestly we know Robert's had a a crappy regular artist on that book since he started. I'm not sure yeah. why it happened. I'm not sure if they if he really chose Billy Tan. He got paired off with Billy Tan and then he just kind of had to do the company line and and not <laughs> and, you know go along with it even though he may not have. Re- may have ideally wanted somebody better too, didn't matter. He got paired off with Billy Tan, and now he's going to have a better artist, just like like you mentioned, Jim, in Edge of Oblivion. The story is not overly compelling at this point, so Ethan, even Ethan's art was not going to be able to save it for long. It's, got, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dual medium. If the, if the art's really good, maybe you'll hang with a book for so-so writing a little bit longer than you will when it's the opposite. But now, I mean, Robert has a chance that, you know, It'll be curious to see if people, even if it's the same level of story, if anybody, if there's any kind of visceral reaction that's different, at least initially, because the art's going to be so much better. 
you know, you don't know though. I mean, but I, it's certainly smart that they're putting him on putting him on that book because I think that's that's the book that needs to boost the the most. And even though they haven't completely changed creators, they at least changed half the team. At least they at least they kind of acknowledged part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're going from crap on a crap sandwich to crap on, crap on a golden pillow. <laughs> What other titles are you guys looking forward to? I, I, I I'm kind of scrolling through at least the um, the creative team list, the the the, the title name and the creative team list. But uh, I don't know, like uh, Superman number one. I know Superman's kind of been in the toilet lately, but uh, Superman number one has Peter J. Tomasi and Pat Gleason and Doug Monkey. Yeah, that's kind of that, for old time's sake. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well- you know, uh, the Superman, uh, was, uh, hold on, the, yeah, Superman number one is the pre-New 52 Superman with, you know, married to Lois Lane and with a son. Oh, continuing on from the Lois and Clark series that's going on exactly. right now. Uh, yeah, I'm reading right. that book right now. That's actually really good. Yeah, so, uh, like, I am probably going to check that out based on concept alone. Um. The other now, but this is the interesting thing. The other Superman book, like I don't know if it's focusing on the New Fifty Two Superman or if. Wait, are you talking about Action Comics? The, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Action the, Comics one. The Dan Jurgens uh, Dan, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I like the fact that it's written by Dan Jurgens. Like that's a big draw for me, but. The, you know, like, I wish that it was the pre-New 52 version that was going to be written by Dan Jurgens. Like, I mean, like, that would be fantastic. I don't know, like, I don't really care about this other Superman. So, I mean, I, I don't really know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to, if it's just going to be the same Superman in both books. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with that, but I, I'm, I'm definitely curious about that. I'm way more interested in the the Wonder Woman announcement. Uh, Greg Rucka, Liam Sharp, and Nicola Scott. Is that why you're interested, Nicola Scott? No, actually, I'm mostly interested in because of uh, Greg Rucka. Okay. But the fact that they're going to have Nicola Scott like is an amazing draw. Like, you know, like I've been thinking about it recently, and like, uh, you know, as far as writers go, Greg Rucka. Like, I just, I have so much, like, fond memories. So, you know, like, for him to, like, be taking on, like, you know, this character, you know, and then we're also getting, you know, Nicholas Scott. And then I forget who the other artist was that'll be taking it for the, like, the flashback issues. Um, uh, it's uh, Liam Le- Sharp. Yeah, Liam Sharp. Yeah. Oh, what? Uh, no, 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 sorry. Phil Winslade is the artist on the Rebirth special. Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, well, Wonder Woman number one is uh, drawn by Liam Sharp. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll uh, I'll definitely check that out. You've also, you've also got uh, All-Star Batman written by Scott Snyder with freaking John Romita Jr. on art. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about that. Well, uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Sean Murphy, Sean Gordon Murphy. He'll also be doing some art chores. 
Um, so a Batman book written by Scott Snyder with Sean Gordon Murphy on art? That's I'm at least curious. Yeah, I'm Ro- not sure it'll be good. Yeah, Romita Jr. to me is hit or miss. It all depends on the characters that he draws. Some His art works with some characters... Like, I can deal with him more on Spider-Man, maybe because of the family ties to Spider-Man. I actually didn't mind him when he was doing Hulk, but, like, I hate, I hated the way, like, Superman looks when he when he was on that book. So, oh, yeah, uh, the Superman was not Yeah, it, it, he's got such a, you know, the senior had a much, it was a much better, in my mind, it was more my style of art. So, it, it's just a, it's a harder, it's a harder sell for me, just by, so, just, not an insult to him, but when you mentioned his name, as in a selling point to the book, Chad, it's just like, to me, that wouldn't, it all depends on the character, whether it's like a, I don't, I don't tend to have a, I mean, I don't have a negative reaction, it all depends on the character, and once I see the sketches, it's not like when I see, like, Ramos doing art on a book, and it's like, oh, God, I'm, I'm not even going to bother, <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to like the way these characters are going to look, uh, oh. I'm kind of interested in action comics because Dan Jurgens is doing it. I wish Dan Jurgens was drawing it too. That would that would kind of be yeah. that would be more of an appeal for me. But but the monthly with a twice month you know biweekly book that's not going to happen. You can't be drawing and writing you know two issues a month. But I wish I, that would have more of an appeal for me. And I I like the, the way the first storylines are going to have some you know some, some doomsday references and things like that. So I might actually start picking up that book at least to start with and see how see how that goes. I don't know if there's anything else that I really, really <laughs> did, saw. Did you notice that the uh, creative team for Blue Beetle was the same creative team as uh, Larfleys? Oh, Keith is Giffen it really? and Scott Collins. Keith Giffen and Scott Collins. <laughs> but but wasn't wasn't Dave Mateus on that book too? On Blue Beetle? No, on Larfleys. I thought Dave Mateus was involved in that too for some reason. I don't remember. Um. Let's see the um, uh, another another of the uh, rebirth titles I'm actually interested in. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but uh, the that Trinity title, the one that's featuring you know, well, obviously the Trinity, <laughs> Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, but it's written by Francis Manipal with art by Francis Manipal and oh yeah and and Clay Man, but that Francis Manipal when he was doing both writing and art chores. The last time I remember extremely enjoying that was on Flash. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm excited is, about that. He is so good. Like, there's two books that I kind of want to read just because it looks they look fantastic visually. One is Trinity. Another is Supergirl. Supergirl. Steve Orlando and Brian Ching. Yep. I don't know who Brian Ching is. I don't either. But, like, just look at the cover. Like, he does the cover artwork there, too. And, like, I that looks fantastic to me. Like, I love the cartooniness. I love how super expressive the style allows him to be. Like, it's it just looks so good to me. Yeah, that I, have, I don't cool. think I've, I haven't seen any images of Supergirl. Yeah, it's cool. I'm looking at it now. I'm on the Newsarama website looking at the, the names and the dates and the creative teams. And there's, there's cover art for most of it over there. Um... The other one I was interested in, where did it go? Um, they're doing a Superwoman title, by the way, with Phil Jimenez. But uh, the only reason I mentioned that is because I remember, well, who Superwoman was during the um, New Krypton storyline. Uh, that's way pre-New 52. That's uh, That was Lois's sister, I think, was 
Superwoman then. Yeah, like Lucy Lane or something like that. Yeah, uh, her father and the government did experiments on her or whatever. The one I'm, oh yeah, the other one I'm really interested in is the Batgirl book. And I don't, yes. mean, I, and I don't mean Batgirl and and the Birds of Prey. I mean the Batgirl book. The Batgirl book, um, where did it go? There it is. Is being written by Hope Larson. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Hope Larson is the one that did uh, the Madeline LeAngle, um Wrinkle in Time adaptation. Oh, okay. Which I really, really enjoy. Uh, and Hope, uh, she's she's kind of been skirting the edges of... I'm horrible at, at phrasing these types of things, so forgive me if this sounds bad. She's kind of been skirting the edges of comic success. Like, she's just on the periphery, mm-hmm. but but really popular and up uh, up and coming for the people who do read her stuff. A lot of people really enjoy it. So I'm really happy that she's getting mainstream work and that she's being given a title that suits her voice, if that makes sense. Yeah, so this that, book is... Okay. No, 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 that's all I had to say about it. It looks fun. Yeah, this book was on my shortlist, too, for actually the other end of the creative spectrum, because Raphael Albuquerque has been one of my favorite DC artists since, I guess, uh, his stint on the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle. Like, I that, that's such, like, a cool, stylized... Like, a lot of the same things that I said about Supergirl, but meant in completely different ways. You know, like, if you've ever seen his artwork, you would understand. We didn't get it. We, we kept talking over each other, but did you? What did you think of the uh, the creative team behind Superman? The which the, the, God, the, which uh, one? <laughs> the, the 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 Peter J. Tomasi, Pat Gleason, Doug Monkey. That yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I don't think I realized it was all of them. Yeah, it's it? all. If it's all three of them, I'm in. Jeez. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick up the Superman title. I'm sorry. I have, yeah. I, I have no choice. If, if, if all three of them together, I have zero choice. I know. Like, I'm... Because I know they um they posted the full solicitations. I haven't gotten a chance to read any of them yet. So I, I have no idea what these stories are about. But just from a creative team standpoint, god damn, yes. This is, like, the, the pinnacle of Green Lantern core creative teams right here. With Doug, and Doug Monkey is awesome, and... I mean, I feel kind of the same way about uh, Wonder Woman, because she's getting her Blackest Night tie-in team back, for the mm-hmm. most part, with Greg Rucka and Nicholas Scott. Um, this, like, this... This book is approaching the the multiple artist thing in a really interesting way. Yeah, the double shipping. Yeah, well, yeah. where, like, every... Like, he's telling a story that involves lots of flashback, and every, I think, like, odd number issue takes place in the present. Every even one takes place in the past. And one artist always does the past, and the other one always does the present. Hmm. Now, do you yeah. think, in general, do you think the, this double shipping schedule is going to last for... Or how long do you think it'll really last? Uh, until it becomes... Lo- until the sales start dropping. Because I don't know if... I, I, because that one one of one of them's gonna have to give either double shipping or the two ninety nine price tag. Because I don't well, think I, it, I don't think if the if the numbers start dropping, it's not gonna be cost effective for them anymore. And that's when they'll do something like it's like okay, so what we're gonna do now is instead of having two books a month for two ninety nine, 
we're just going to give you extra pages for three or four ninety nine. <laughs> no, if they were smart, they'll be like, all right, we're going to drop this handful of books down to once a month, and now here's your Justice Society and your Legion and your whatever. Oh. That that might be exact. That might be what they do. I I yeah. I, I think that'll be like before they start weeding out the books. I think they'll probably at least roll them back to the, a normal shipping schedule first to see because maybe logically some books probably can't support you know two issues a month. They probably people are not gonna, are not that interested maybe to buy two issues a month, but they might be fine with buying one issue a month from a, even from a financial point of view, let alone an interest point of view. So yeah. that's so that's probably would be the first the first the first change as opposed to just you know mass. Massive cancellations until we get to the, the the second wave of second wave of rebirth books. <laughs> I mean, I feel like DC tends to like to see if things can like like last a year before they really like do something like that. So like I could see them like maybe they'll trickle off one or two, but I would be surprised if they didn't go for at least a year on the double shipping. Yeah, at least six months. I would say yeah. at least half. I would, you may be very well be correct. And some and some books, some books may absolutely have. They may be completely committed to uh, a, year, a year's worth of books, uh, with the double shipping. But I think overall, probably for your a, your average selling books, even though they did weed out they weed, weeded out the titles so much, maybe on purpose to think that all the books that they're doing probably would have a decent shot to survive for at least you know for at least six months anyway. There aren't there aren't too many uh, there's there's not a whole bunch of like Lorfleezes in this group you know that you're gonna look at that you, <laughs> that you know has a short that even if they're not telling you it's a limited series you know it's a limited series. <laughs> Jim, what do you think of uh, Dan Jurgens and Bernard Chang on the uh, Batman Beyond title? Um, I I'm probably gonna skip that. Even though fine. you like Dan Jurgens so much. You know, I oh, I like Dan Jurgens well. I like Dan Jurgens for Superman, and I loved him on uh, uh, what do you call it, a Booster Gold. Uh, yeah, actually. no booster in here. And this and this is Terry McGinnis, by the way. Yes, finally. Uh-huh. Are we talking about like, is it set in the future or? I'm assuming so. I'm assuming so. Know. It is. Uh, it is Terry though. If it's set in the future, then. I might check it out just for the sake of, like, maybe Booster is involved. Hmm. I'm pretty sure the Batman Beyond book up to this point has still been set in the future. It's just been the future Tim Drake for some reason. Because they killed off Terry McGinnis. Did they? I don't know. I didn't read that crap. (laughs) Yeah, it was part of that um, that DC future shock whatever. Great. I'm glad. (laughs) You mean Future's End? Future's Shock was the one with the Legion and Kyle Rayner. <laughs> well, it should have been Future Shock. <laughs> it was a Future Shock because we completely we completely forgot about Carrie Ren in our Green Lantern discussion before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Carrie. Um... You know, I don't care about Deathstroke, but the but fact the creative that team. yeah, the fact that he's being written by Christopher Priest is enough <laughs> to make me say, you know what? I'm glad there's a Deathstroke book. And Christopher Priest has written Green Lantern in the past, so there's that. Yeah, see, that's I expect you guys to review that monthly. It's part of the family. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
By the way, guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Christopher Priest wrote the Sleepers novels, the Green Lantern Sleepers novels, the the, the, the trilogy. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean you guys. I know you guys know. I mean the listeners. <laughs> How sad is it that Harley Quinn has a whole family of books, and here we are just struggling with our two books? <laughs> Does she, does she have more than two? Is it more than that? I think she. I think so. At least looking at the titles, maybe it's just I. Maybe it's just including current continuity before we get to to mm. after rebirth. But my God, just seeing just seeing her face on all these different titles and oh. It is still <laughs> it is still Connor and Palmiotti. So for those yeah. who are happy about Harley Quinn, that's got to be a plus for them. Let's see how the Suicide Suicide Squad movie goes, and then we'll see how many Harley books we get. <laughs> oh please! I am amazed that that Constantine still has this ongoing series. Oh, Hellblazer! Yeah, that was yeah. Cool. Who's the creative team behind that? That is Simon uh, Oliver. Yeah, he's Who doing the everything. Who that? I don't know. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know who Sam Humphreys is, but I did see a lot of buzz on Twitter because I once they were announced, I started you know just in case there was any new creators that you know we like if Venditti didn't stay on the title, I wanted to see if they had a Twitter account so we could follow him as the Lantern Cat. <laughs> so he, I followed. He was getting, the- getting ready to unfollow Robert in one second. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> One goes, one comes. I, I, w- I would, I wouldn't deprive you of that satisfaction, Mark. <laughs> uh, Didn't Humphreys do a bunch of like image and Vertigo stuff see, or that's something? What I, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Is I notice a lot of people seem pretty excited about Sam Humphreys, although I'd never heard of him. So evidently, he's done a lot of other good work. The stuff he has done, people are excited about. Uh, so I, I don't know what he's been on though. I don't know if I, maybe he's doing stuff that I just don't pay any attention to, or. Or, or properties that I'm just personally not interested in. You yeah, might remember I... him from Guardians Team Up, or Ultimate Comics Ultimates, <laughs> or Fanboys vs. Zombies. <laughs> These, are all Higher Earth. These are all real things he's been on? These are real things that he's been on. I do remember Fanboys vs. Zombies. I can't, rem- I can't for the life of me tell you why, but I, when I saw his name on that book, my reaction was, was to think good so like i like i can't place what he's written that i liked but i know there was something which, which like is, i feel i feel like it's going to be a good thing that he is writing that which is funny because for some oh. reason listening to him speak my vibe was the complete opposite and that's just gonna been it could have been because i was my mood had already been shot down <laughs> and maybe just because and, and the way and when the way somebody comes across doesn't mean it's the way you know they're the way they're gonna write the book, but my my vibe was that wasn't good. But hopefully I'm wrong. <laughs> Mark, Mark, by that point in the conference, you were already near the bottom of a bottle, so I think you're, I think it'll be okay. He was on something called Jonesy, which it was somehow attached to Brian Lee O'Malley. Yeah, that does look Scott Pilgrimy. I'm interested, not so much because of the creative team, but in terms of the cast, Detective Comics is going to be kind of a Bat family book with Batman, Batwoman, Tim Drake, who I guess is still Red Robin, but he's wearing a costume that doesn't suck. Uh, Spoiler is in there. A character that I think is Cassandra Kane is there, and you know Clayface for some reason. Yep. 
it looks this like that book like raised an eyebrow. I'm like, okay, mate, that might be worth a look. Wait, isn't Clayface a good guy now? Like that that rebirth um, uh, silhouette image, that group silhouette image where they're slowly revealing characters, and we got the first look of Jess, uh, Jessica Cruz's Green Lantern. Wasn't there a silhouette of some? Wasn't that Clayface? It might have been. Oh, I don't know. I think you're it's... right. I think it might have been Clayface. So, hmm. Oh, oh, I yeah. By the way, I'm gonna have to. Uh... I'm going to have to check out the uh, the, the Scott Snyder All Star Batman. I, I totally forgot. I'm, I'm interested in the creative team, but I forgot why I was interested in the title. Um, something Scott Snyder said: two of my favorite uh, uh, Batman villains are Riddler and Two Face. And hmm. Scott Snyder said something uh, during that press conference, and uh, and I, I got to find the tweet I said because I quoted it directly. Um, so what Scott Snyder said during the press conference, and, and he says, our goal is to make Two-Face as scary as the Joker. Nice. And I don't know what that tip, that, that could mean good things, that could mean bad things, but coming from the mouth of Scott Snyder, I'm leaning towards good things. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to read that book, but I'm one of the, like, three people in the world that doesn't really like John Romita Jr.'s artwork. Hey, you just, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you well, and me. I, I'm mixed. I, I, I want to be consistent. I, I'm mixed. It depends on the character that he draws. I can deal with him like on Spider-Man. I was okay when he was on Hulk, but like I hated, I hated Superman. Well, I'm a big fan of, of, of Sean Gordon Murphy, like I said earlier, so I don't know how much involvement Sean Gordon Murphy's going to have on the title. But the stuff he will be on, I you better believe Scott. If Scott Snyder's writing and Gordon Murphy's doing the art, and it's a Batman book, I'm freaking all over it. He drew Punk Rock Jesus, right? Yeah, Punk Rock Jesus, The Wake, the Chrononauts series. Nice. Uh, what else did he? He's doing a Tokyo Ghost right now for Image. He did. He's done a couple of things. But yeah, it was Punk Rock Jesus that I first became acquainted with his style. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, a lot of his faces, uh, both male and female, look exactly the same. Like, if you were to look up, if you were to read Punk Rock Jesus and then flip through the current issues of Tokyo Ghost, you would definitely be able to go, wait, those are the same people, but I still don't care. <laughs> I, I, I really like it. <laughs> For whatever reason, that style is really, uh, really awesome. There's, uh, there's, no, go ahead, Jim. Oh, no, I was going to segue into something completely different oh so i'm looking at this list and i'm like there's books in here that i'm per not personally interested in reading but i'm glad they're doing it like this titans book where it's like it's nightwing and red arrow and people and donna troy is right there front and center too Isn't like that scott lobdell's book uh that is dan abnett and brett booth scott lobdell's on something shit never mind like same thing with birds of prey like they're putting Batgirl, Black Canary, and Huntress together, and they're hunting down somebody posing as Oracle. Like, awesome. Do that. That's great. Uh, so, with the DC Universe Rebirth special, who do we think that they're all reaching out towards in that glowing white light? I already told you, it's Jeff Johns. <laughs> the Entity. Hmm. So no um, real answers. No, no real I, guesses I, or anything. No. 
it's hard to figure out who it could be because it could it could be almost well, it can't be almost anyone, but I guess it's I, I guess it revolves around because well we're supposed to learn what the biggest secret in the DC universe, whatever the hell that is, that that might relate to again who it is and who the narrator is and I don't know it's it we don't have an, I don't know if there's any way with an I'm sure somebody has a good guess even with that these limited amount of clues I just don't know if I have <laughs> it ain't parallax. <laughs> I mean, I, Jeff, Johns, I Jeff Johns is writing this, and you never really know how meta the guy's going to get. What was your guess, Jim? Uh, what about, uh, like, Metron? Oh, you think he's tied into the Dark Side War thing? Well, I mean, like, you know, if they're going to learn a big secret, you know, Metron in the... He knows the all the things. Yeah, either that or, like, some version of the Anti-Monitor that's, like, or a monitor or something like that. That's like... Wait, have you been reading Dark Side War, Jim? <laughs> no, not at all. You need to, because because it's been revealed that who the anti-monitor really is and blah, 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 blah. I heard about that. Yeah. Is, okay. is that storyline good? And is it also, is it over? Uh, it's not over yet, but it's really good. Right. I, I like it, and I've not been a fan of a lot of what Jeff Johns has done lately. Okay. I, I know Mark was a fan of was it Forever Evil Mark that yeah, you really liked? Yeah, I liked Forever Evil quite, quite a bit. Yeah, but I, I personally didn't enjoy Forever Evil. Uh, but I, well, it was okay. Obviously, it's Jeff Johns. It, it, it's kind of hard to have a completely shitty Jeff Johns story. But I think I think Dark Side War is his best stuff so far. And I don't mean in his career. I just mean of the screen, stuff I've of, of his lantern. stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So what, cool. How long? How long is that story? I'm sorry to keep talking about no, this. No, we both are because story? we have different. What a year! It's probably been going on for a year. Plus, there was also that one shot, that Green Lantern one shot, that was pretty good. Yeah, I keep forgetting to get, to go get that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I know the first part of the Dark Side War is is in in trade because I saw it the other day at Barnes and Noble. So obviously they've already part one's already out in hardcover somewhere. Oh, speaking of uh, the Dark Side War. Uh, they mentioned that the, the they're going to follow up on the Batman thing uh, with uh, Batman and the Joker because in Dark Side War, Jim, are you you think you're actually going to read it? I well, I might, but I know what you're going to say. Okay, okay. So in Dark Side War, for those of you who who want to read Dark Side War but haven't yet, uh, you know, fast forward a few seconds. Um, Batman gets Metron's chair, and the first thing he does is say, what is the Joker's real name? And huh. the, the chair tells him, we don't hear it, the chair tells him, and he goes something like, no, that's not possible. Right. Uh, and and evidently, this in Rebirth, one of the Batman stories is going to follow up on that. Mm-hmm. Or is it the, maybe the Rebirth special? Because no, Jeff, I, well, Jeff, 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 Jeff did say that the story opens with Batman. Yeah, I but it was number fifty-two. I think it is. It's I think it's the last page of uh, of what, Justice League fifty-two. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, something is going to be following up on that. There is that ongoing fan theory that the the new movie Joker is really Robin or something. Oh yeah, to, to Todd. Jason Todd. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Probably. That's not true. That's it's impossible. impossible. <laughs> <laughs> no, without without that announcing it to the world, you're you can not t- supposed to exist. Yes. <laughs> is he, is I he, called I, that number so many times. Is the anti monitor 
somebody we, we know. By yes. His name. Okay, so you're gonna have to tell. Yes. Me, you're gonna have to tell me who it is then when we get off. The yeah, show. I heard I'm that. Curious. I want to know too. I I know that one. That's a that's a good one. Then, I like then you that. might then you might then you might as well tell us and just bleep it out then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just... The the anti mod and this is gonna sound less. Uh, it, it it's better if you read it in story. It's as yeah, as yeah. a as a as a fact in a reveal. You're gonna be like, oh, that's lame. <laughs> The Anti-Monitor is the original person who uh, who had the Mobius chair. Like, his name is Mobius. His name is oh, Mobius. Okay. It's it, it's the original Metron. You See, that's, this, it, it doesn't hold the same impact when I just tell it to you like it's a fact. You have to I mean, read I, the story. I, I knew that much. Okay. I just, I didn't know, like, like how he became Anti-Monitory. Oh, they, that, they get into that, too. Yeah, they explain that. Do you want to know that, too? Yes. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, well, again, I haven't read this. I just read about this, so correct me if I'm getting this wrong. But he has the anti-life equation, and it, like, changed and perverted him into what we know as the anti-monitor. Yes. And that's why Darkseid was going to war with him or something. Yes. Uh... Oh, that's pretty clever. And Metron shows up. He's like, "Hey, Mobius," and Anti Monitor's like, "Don't, don't, don't, don't call me that, man. Come on, come on." That be a name pal. no longer has any meaning to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, not in front of everybody, bro. Come on. <laughs> that name is not supposed to exist. <laughs> that's not, that's not canon. You're not canon. You know, a little. Uh, now, uh, for something completely unrelated to anything else, the mm-hmm. artist. On- Edge of Oblivion number six is Jack Herbert. Because mm. um, I, I know we weren't sure who the artist was going to be going forward after. Yeah, I saw it in the group of solicitations for the first round of Rebirth stuff. Yeah. <sighs> so, from what I can see, um, his art's pretty good. We'll see. So. All right, do we have anything else to say about Rebirth or the uh, Green Lantern team specifically? Final like, thoughts. Wrap up. There. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, pressure. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think in general for Green Lantern stuff, I'm as I'm as fearful as I am hopeful. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, in, in generally, I am more excited to read new Green Lantern stuff now than I have been for, like, the last year or so. Because it's been, oh, well, at least Sinestro will be good and the others might be okay. Now I know I'm going to – I'm just looking forward to it more. And I'm kind of looking forward to DC in general more now that we're seeing creative teams and details and cover art for some of this stuff. Like there's actually non-Lantern things on here I actively want to read, and that hasn't been true for a while. So DC's at least at least at this point seems to be doing something right with where they're going. Dan, does your ass get chap riding the fence that long? <laughs> you know, I've I've got an I've got a nice move going. You know, so. Sorry, I had to say it <laughs> when you said you're both fearful and hopeful. <laughs> okay, it's like the whole like, how do you feel about the Vendetti book and how you feel about the other book? It's like, uh, you know, they equal out, I guess. Half of one, six of them the other. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, half yeah. of one and six dozen of the other. That's how it's in Texas, Jim. 
you know, it's, it's all equal. Half of one, <laughs> six dozen of the other. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, too much whiskey. Uh, <laughs> too too little robe. <laughs> True. True. Go, go ahead, Jim. What are your thoughts? Oh, um, I, I guess uh, I'll be looking forward to a Jessica Jessica Cruz action figure. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I mean, I hope that that book's good. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely on board for that for a few issues. I'll, I'll check out the other one because Ben Skyver's on it. Uh, if, if the story is just like so abysmally horrible, then I'm just going to have to cut that loose and then wait, wait and listen to you guys and see if it gets better. <laughs> you know, with the, with the Justice League, I don't really want to have to read that, but that's written by the same guy that's writing Green Lantern, right? No. No. Justice League's written by Brian Hitch, with art by Tony Daniel. Yeah, by the way, is Brian Hitch a good writer? Isn't he an artist? From things I've heard, he is, but I don't have any personal experience that I remember with him. All right. And hey, Fernando Pissarin's on there, too. That's pretty good. So... Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, for me, I guess uh, I don't know. Mark, do you? Do you? We can figure it out live on air. Who gives a crap? <laughs> we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up, anyways. Do you want to review Justice League for as long as at least the first storyline that Jessica and uh, Simon are going to be? The, you know, a big deal in that title. Yeah, I'm not sure. So maybe, so maybe we're not going to hash this out now because I, uh, my natural inclination is to say no because I don't necessarily know if I really want to be committed to picking up that book twice a month. Even yeah. if, so I'm not entirely sure. Let me. I'll try to decide. We'll decide before the books come out. And and if you really want to, I'm okay with it. But my my natural inclination is is no because who knows how much they're going to really play into the exactly. storyline. I mean, well, I was I was only asking because they seem like they're going to be making a big deal out of it, but you know, who knows if they really well. Plus because they seem like they're they're making a big deal, out of it, we're going to get people asking us if we're going to review it anyways, so. But uh besides everything's shipping twice monthly, so that would mean six books every month. Uh so I think Green Lanterns with with uh, Jessica and Simon, it's on Earth. I have been wanting lanterns on Earth. It's not the lanterns I'd want on Earth, but you know it's there. Uh, so the potential for them doing lantern, you know, you know, to atypical lantern stuff on Earth slash Sector Two Eight One Four. That's you know it's something I've been wanting. So there's that. Uh, the, the Red Lantern stuff. There's going to be some legacy in there with the Red Lanterns in terms of. You know, some tie-ins to other cores and, and some of the other stuff that we've had established that we enjoy. So that's cool. Uh, it seems like Jeff Johns is helping Sam Humphreys off, like giving him a push. Uh, so the fact that Jeff Johns, at least on paper, has some faith behind this book gives me a little bit of uh, a little bit of oomph for it. Like, you know, if we weren't doing the show, I'd probably pick up the first two months worth of issues. So that's what, four 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 issues altogether. Um, as far as Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, 
Van Skyver on it gives me more faith, and like I said, uh, all the all the eggs being put into Venditti's basket as far as control goes, you know, is kind of the it's his last chance, his proving ground for us as Green Lantern fans. So, I you know I, I I'm also willing to give that a shot, but I I gotta I gotta level with you as if anybody else was doing the art, save maybe like Yvonne Hayes, I I, I I wouldn't be giving it the shot I am. Uh, if we weren't doing the show, so I'll give it a shot. I'm curious. I, I've, that other cover, uh, I think the cover with Ethan Van Skyver that we saw a close up of Hal with his fist. That's for the Rebirth special that Jeff Johns is helping Sam uh, uh, is is uh, is writing. Um, the 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 one the Haldron and the Green Lantern Corps with the Green Lantern symbol and all that in it. I don't know if I like that art. Yeah. But it's still better so, than Billy Tan's art. That's true, but I, I don't think that particular style is anything that if I weren't doing a podcast, I'd pick, see on the stand and go, oh, yeah, I want to pick that up. Agreed. That, is, that the, is that the interior artist, too, or is that just the cover guy? I think it's the interior artist. I'm not it's, sure. I think it is. I think it's, it, that's Sandoval. I think it's... Oh, yeah. I just found the signature, yeah. Yeah, see, it's it's not something that. See, I'm and I'm not really an art guy, but I do know what I like, and that particular style is not something that I went. You know, I saw in the group of images from the from the panel and went, oh wow, you know, like that. It's not it's not really for me. As far as the Justice League book, I'm definitely gonna read it for at least, I guess maybe two months. Give give this Jessica Cruz thing. A, and see and see what it see what it ties into with the actual Green Lanterns title, if it even titles ties into it at all. I think that will be interesting to see how those two cooperate together as far as titles go. So, looking at all the covers, obviously all the Van Skyver covers are the best, <laughs> especially <laughs> for the Lantern books. I mean, the Hal one holding his ring up—that's much certainly much better than the Hal in the middle with everybody else around him and. The covers for the the Green Lanterns, the Van Skyver covers. That's that's good. Uh, as far as these the Green Lantern books, despite well maybe also because we've been prepped about this, we 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 really have known Jessica Cruz was and Simon were going to get this book. I mean we <laughs> it's kind of been out there unofficially official for like several months now. So that's, maybe it was maybe that's part of the reason why this was leaked, just so people would get <laughs> accustomed to the idea, so it wouldn't be like a shot across the bow. <laughs> so I, I'm somewhat again. These aren't the lanterns I would like to get their own book, but they are on Earth. They're they're together. I never. I mean, I don't like Simon's origin. I don't think he serves a huge purpose, but I've never disliked him as in the way he was being used in the books once he got the ring. So I'm okay with Simon. They are on Earth. They're having the Reds, whether it's a true plot point or a crutch, I guess time will tell, but it's kind of cool bringing them in. They have Larflees on that cover, too, so it makes you think Larflees will factor in. You you assume, though there's no artwork to back it up, that at some point Arkillo and, say, Walker will end up dealing with these guys since they're all revolving around Earth, and that's where they're stationed. So... I'm, I'm actually... I am more optimistic for this book than I am for the other book. Uh... I'm glad Van Skyver's back. That's a big plus. That at least get it absolutely gets rid of the let you know. And I don't mean to, I don't. This is going to sound crappy, and I don't mean it to sound this way, but it absolutely gets rid rid of the lesser of the two evils 
as far as the creative team. The pro the ones we had the most issues with with the creative team because Billy Tan's art just never got in. Forget about getting better. I think it actually got worse as his time on the book went on. So getting Billy Tanner off the book was like an absolute must. I think if it, just imagine how people would have felt if it was Venditti and Billy Tan coming back. Oh right. my God! Talk, right, talk right. about rebirth. I mean, like, no thanks. <laughs> you liked it so much before. How <laughs> yeah, twice yeah. as much? It's more like re regurgitation. Uh, so I want. I'm going to try to be positive for the first few months. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Robert can take it in a different direction, having, especially because you would assume the first, the beginning of the book is probably going to have to deal with the Green Lantern Corps, how they react and how they they have to accept and adjust to their place in the universe when they're not the top dog anymore, and that there's really not a position short term for them being the top dog because it's not going to be Sinestro Corps War Two for them to achieve dominance and the and the universe really wouldn't support that because right now the universe is probably more supportive of the Sinestro Corps than them. So that wouldn't even be a good PR move right now. So that kind of intrigues me, having someone, having a group of people or, an, or some people, any an individual or people that were used to being the top dog, being in a position of power and being unquestioned, their authority, and now being knocked down a peg and being humbled and having be, being viewed differently. I kind of like that, so that that can work. I like the idea of Ganthet and Sade coming back because they've been off the table enough, you know, Two, almost three years, you know, two to three years, that's more than enough time, bring them back. Especially if they interact with the Templar Guardians, if they all kind of end up being together, that kind of... So I I want to like this book. There are elements in it that are going to make it easier, you know, because the Sinestro book has been really, really good to having the plot, you know, the threads of that plot going through. That's also going to make a lot of people... Now, that being said, there are a lot of people that won't like, that are going to be reluctant to like this book because it's already going to be cram-packed with Green Lanterns, and now you have to you cram in Sinestro and Sora and the, and the Sinestro core plot. And that's a lot of crap to deal with, even when you're getting two issues a month. So yeah. it could very well be super jammed, and, we don't, and as usual, we don't get we don't get a whole... We don't get a, a lot of characters, but we don't get a lot of them. And I had to laugh at this, and again, it's just because it made me laugh, because I remember when, when Robert said this. Because somebody asked him about Jon Stewart. About being in this book, and he said, "Yeah, John Stewart's going to be in this book because I and I, cause John Stewart's one of my favorites." And I also remember how we said that about Sam Walker and how well that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, it's like, oh, Sam Walker's one like one of my is like my favorite supporting characters. Like, then why did you shit on him for most of the for like three years? <laughs> so that had just made me laugh when I saw the same quote about John. It's like, oh, John fans, you better brace yourselves. <laughs> But I'm just I'm just joking. I'm sure he really does like John Stewart and St. Walker. He just just didn't treat the character particularly well. Maybe he had bigger plans for him if Cullen Bunn kind of hadn't pried him away and, treat, and done better by him. So that's how I feel. Well, no, I think unfortunately we're, we'll, I would be surprised if by three months in we're not we don't know at least about the Venditti book how we feel about it, whether we think there's any kind of vast improvement or not. And if there's not, then it comes back to the question we were asking not that long ago when we were surprised that we're even having this discussion now, which is if the book continues to flounder and the sales don't get, you know, after the initial surge when the book restarts, if, it, if the sales start going back down in the toilet again, how long do you let them go? Because you're, because, because you, it's just sad. I mean, it is, like as Jim pointed out, it is kind of sad no matter how you want to, you know, quantified and qualified and look at the, all the different factors that play into it. it wasn't that long ago 
Green Lantern was a top 10 book. When Jeff Johns was leaving, it still definitely was a top 20 book. And now we're like hanging in by the top 50 and all the other Lantern books that, <laughs> that pretty much are in the, like right around 100. <laughs> even the best one, the best <laughs> book isn't even selling. <laughs> so it just, it just makes you wonder. It's obviously Green Lantern's not a high priority, sadly, for them right now. I Sure, I think Jeff Johns has a soft spot for Green Lantern. And I think he he cares about what happens to the family, if you call it a family still. But the you know the 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 core, the the essence of the characters and everything else that he has a lot invested in you know their success. But the DC as a whole, well, that seems to be have been completely pushed to the back burner now. And you have things like Harley Quinn and other things that are much more much more important right now. So. Maybe that means they're gonna they're gonna write it out for a while, and they know because it's at least the main the main book, which still is probably the Hal Jordan book right now. That as long until it's, until it starts creeping like in closer to 100, they're not gonna give a crap about you know doing a massive rehaul. Maybe they're just gonna do that because they figure out oh, it's selling well enough. So I don't know. We'll see. I am not overly optimistic, but I'm trying to. I'm give, willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, but certainly the end of the current. Uh, numbering in the in the regular Green Lantern series, and even looking at how you know Gre- Green Lantern Corps kind of wrapped up, and just how most of the books, with maybe the exception of uh, to me Red Lanterns and, and Sinestro now wrapped up, that the book is most of these books have not <coughs> ended on a super high note. Maybe Jordan's last issue on the New Guardians could say you could say because that was a pretty good issue, but overall I think that we've, we have been going in the right direction. So I holding out hope, but you know, I, I, I not if I had to bet, I would bet I, I'm going to be disappointed more than I'm going to be thrilled. <laughs> i got to be honest. Alright. Yeah, I mean, we all know Green Lantern can do better, so I think we're all cautiously optimistic about this. Yeah. That's true. We know it can do better, and, we, and we're hoping that it does, because the franchise and the characters deserve it, and we know there's an audience for it, because we've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we close up, Dan, Jim, you want to pimp yep. your other stuffs? Um, yeah, sure. The uh, the Greatest Toy Podcast. Uh, check it out at greatesttoypodcast.com. I host a toy show with Mark every week, toy news, reviews, that sort of thing. Uh, also on iTunes. It's good stuff. Check it out, people. Way to sell it, Jim. <laughs> he did a oh, good yeah. job. We've been talking for two hours. What do you expect? I know, I know. I am, I'm falling asleep here. I, I have no idea what anybody said in the last 15 minutes. Dan? Yeah, right now, I'm pretty much just focusing on the YouTube channel I do with my friend Rob. Is Epic Ghost Punch, all one word. We do a bunch of video game Let's Plays. We also post a weekly podcast called The Big Dumb Podcast that... We'll be getting an <clears throat> like a regular podcast feed very soon, but for now, all like thirteen or fourteen episodes are on the channel there. And I'm also starting to do like kind of analytical video review stuff too. So look for that. Nice. What about your podcast? Oh, that <clears throat> that one like it's probably coming back. I'm just figuring stuff out. <laughs> And what about Slider's cast? That'll come back. Bounce <laughs> Slider's cast. <no. laughs> what you call it? No, like, I, the problem was uh, our recording software, like, was flawed, we shall say. 
So I still have one le- one episode left to edit, and it's just such a pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once we edit through that one, then we'll start recording some new ones on better software. Mm-hmm. So I'm still w- I'm still waiting for that epic ghost punched Castle Crashers thing. You know what? We tried. We tried it twice, and we lost everything both times. Try again. We third will. Time's ch- third time's the charm. God. God, I, Chad. I can't even watch you play games, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So do something like a side-scroll <laughs> Castle Crashers I can watch. But anyways. Uh, all right, Mark, you want to close this out? I reckon so. Uh, best way to get best way to get in touch with us email lanterncast at gmail.com visit our website lanterncast.com check out our blogs Chad's got a good one on the on the whole Jessica Cruz topic <laughs> spoiler alert happen, not a fan as far as being a movie Green Lantern but read it you'll understand why and we're, he and I are both in the same boat about that uh, we've gone on record <laughs> about that before shut um, up Nusarama it's not going to be a thing Nusarama's yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> They're, they are correct, but for different reasons. Ooh. <laughs> That'll be another episode. <laughs> you can check out our Ring Cyclopedia ep- episodes, Dark Star Reviews, you name it. We have it there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use hashtag GeoCast to locate us on any of those, on iTunes and Stitcher. So leave us positive reviews on whichever or both platforms if you listen to us on both. But at least the one you listen to us on, please, just one, one, we'll be happy with one. We're not being pushy. Uh, last but not least, voicemail, 708-LANTERN. Let us know what you think, anything you'd like to hear on future episodes, and your thoughts on Rebirth, pro or con. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Jim, why do you think it's they're right? Oh, well, Mar- Mark and I discussed this on uh, the episode of uh, the Toy Podcast. <laughs> Jim, Jim he just makes me laugh. He's like, listen, listen to the show. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to listen. You really to it. should, because I, I actually think that you would get a kick out of the show. But basically, so, Jim, Jim's viewpoint is that he goes to like really uncomfortable detail about how he just wants somebody who's not a filthy green person. (laughs) Okay, so, like, I never thought that it would have been her, except for the fact that Warner Brothers has specifically stated that we are not getting a Green Lantern for, like, you know, at least three years, four years, however long it's going to be. You know, for- not getting a Green Lantern that doesn't mean we're not going to okay. get a civilian right. identity. You might be able to pick that one in Zoom too, considering I don't know. I, the, mere, the mere fact we're not getting a, a Green Lantern in, <clears throat> potentially in the friggin' foundation of the Justice League, and we're getting Cyborg and maybe Shazam jammed in is bullshit to begin with. But go ahead, Jim. I, I, I could right. tell you if you want. <laughs> so yeah, so like since they you know they pushed that off, you know we're not going to get a Green Lantern for a while. So now, all of a sudden, here they are putting Jessica Cruz in, you know, like, the the title book. Well, you know, you guys discussed that already, but basically a title book. They're making her a Green Lantern, like she's going to be a Hispanic female Green Lantern. 
consider how many females there are on the Justice League already. Uh, you got Wonder Woman, and that's it. Sometimes you have Hawkgirl, um, or Hawkwoman, whatever. Um, Black, Black Canary. Okay, sometimes you have Black Canary, uh, and sometimes you have Vixen. And all between all three of those options, like, nobody really cares about them. They're not, like, they're not big draws, like, ever. So, combine that with the fact that everybody still associates Green Lantern with that joke of a movie, and Hal Jordan with it, so that if you could somehow incorporate a Green Lantern into the movies that has enough distance away from that, well, here you go. Here you have a female Green Lantern that you could put in. So, one, you have another female on the team. Two, well, it's a female Green Lantern. This is, this, you know, every the, the regular people are going to look at it like, well, that's obviously different than the Green Lantern that was in the movie. You know, it's not a black version of the guy that was in the movie. It's not the guy that was in the movie. You know, it's it's something completely different so that people might actually be willing to take this new option seriously. Like that movie with Ryan Reynolds, it's like, okay, it wasn't a great movie. But I mean, like, <laughs> it became so popular to hate on that movie that like to this day, it's still a joke. Like you know, like which is real bigger. funny, considering the Rotten Tomato score for Batman vs Superman is right next door to it. <laughs> yeah, actually, I it's mean, down to twenty-eight. It's down to twenty-eight. Actually, I just checked. Man, yeah, like, like they don't like they don't like DC as it as it is, but you know, like DC wants distance. They want distance from that movie, <laughs> and time isn't healing all wounds. I I, I de- de- definitely think. That the whole move to put her and Baz in, you know, in that main book, which is getting a send off from Jeff Johns, like, you know, it's because they want to position her. Like she's she's on the Justice League team right now, you know, going forward with Rebirth. Like it, it's all positioning to get her, you know, in the public eye, so that way at least the fans, like, you know, in three years, might actually have warmed up to her a little bit. You know, so that way when they announce it in the movies and everybody's like, well, who's the female Green Lantern? Then the comic fans are going to be like, ah, she's actually not that bad. You know, that kind of thing. We've also seen this, like, a similar kind of decision before. Because, like, we we were flat out told, like, the reason Hawkgirl was put as one of the big seven of the Justice League cartoon was because they wanted to diversify the cast. And that's basically it. And that turned out really, really well for them. Like, she was one of the best characters they had. Well, I mean, with the same exact thing, the reason that they picked Jon Stewart was because they wanted diversity on the team. Yeah. And he became the Green Lantern of a generation. But but, but my main point is they're not going to... They're not going to sacrifice recognition for equality. I'm sorry. They're just not. But yeah, what? But, they, but like they Jim's, want, like yeah, they don't want that recognition. Yeah, like, like the. the, the wait, go ahead. Uh, what you're considering as like you know, dating Grace that you know, oh, well, his name recognition is going to sell him in this movie. It's not no. just that. It's, it's John Stewart too. John Stewart also brings name recognition and diversity. 
Yeah, yeah. I'd love it for, to be John, too. I'm pretty much happy as long as it's not Hal Jordan. I'll be honest. I'm telling you, it's it's but, either yeah, going to even, be Hal or John. But the problem is, like, for one thing, John <laughs> never gets his footing in the comic. Like, no, he's never, like, anybody's favorite. When it goes with the comics, it, 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 because, like, it the doesn't writers... matter. It, it, this is this is a multi-billion-dollar media interpretation of it. Yes, the fan base is something that they consider, but we're not big enough for them to impact their entire decision-making process because we, the fans, don't support John Stewart. The general public knows who John Stewart is because of the animated series. So it's the only other lantern they recognize. Therefore, it's the only other lantern they'd consider. I and I don't think that he would be a bad option. I think he has a lot of, you know, I think if they don't go with Jessica Cruz, they will 100% go with John Stewart because of the reason that you're saying. But by the same token, he's still a guy. And when when they announced that Ryan Reynolds was going to be Green Lantern and everybody was asking, "Wait a second, I thought Green Lantern was black." Like that like DC is looking at that as like, wait a second, like the 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 a- average person, like you know, some of them don't even know if Hal Jordan's black or white. Like they're just gonna look at it and be like, well, that's a guy. Let's get not a guy in this role, because like I said, the, the, here you have on the Justice League comic book and starring in the Green Lanterns comic book is a female Green Lantern. How many other females are on the Justice League? It's like, you know, it's a no-brainer. They're going to pick the female. They're raising her up. They're making her a Green Lantern. They're going to just... The entire thing is being set up so that she is the Green Lantern. And they don't want the name recognition or, you know, even the facial recognition of a guy. The ang- you're, you're, Like I said... Wait, let me, let me say something just for a second. I know, only because I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> uh, uh, I've been waiting for out. a moment to jump in. So I think now I I agree with you. I agree with Jim from the point of view that based on, especially after everything we've learned about Rebirth, that it is, it is a strong possibility that they may have an inkling to do this more than, which doesn't make Newsarama's original article any less stupid because the reasons they were rationalized back then were dumb because she wasn't she had yes. nothing to do with the core back then and and the fact that oh we're willing to bet on it she, it, it still would be at that time it would have been the worst bet possible you would have been better off betting on Guy than betting on her because Guy <laughs> has be so kind of a fun. fan base or Carrie uh, Ren Carrie Ren yes Carrie Ren. <laughs> Chip <laughs> Evan <Abinsur, laughs> baby oh my God Nort <laughs> Nort yes oh God but so I this basically they may. They may be doing this now to see if it'll work, to see if they, they can get enough of a following, or at least we'll have this option by the time we get to doing the Green Lantern Corps movie. But you also have to look at it. Yeah, Jeff Johns created this character, and Jeff Johns you know, obviously has a vested interest in her, but he has a much bigger vested interest in Hal and a much bigger interest in the Corps and everything he's built up as a whole. So you would think – he would like to resurrect it and or redeem it and not necessarily by, oh, I can't touch the, the character that I'm more associated with or I've done more to bring back than anybody else I'm because I bigger it failed once. Especially if you look at Batman versus Superman and you look at we'll – know, we'll know by the end of the weekend how, you know, how successful box office-wise it really is once the second weekend comes out. We know critically it's a, it's a bomb. It's a disaster. <laughs> uh, 
the fans seem pretty well mixed on it too. It's not, it's certainly not like the, you know, the people who are rallying around the flag before the movie even came out and they hadn't even seen it saying, Oh, the haters, the haters. The reality is the, you know, the, the, the cinema score on this movie is pretty bleh. So the fans don't even partic- particularly like it overall. So this movie's got to, this movie alone is going to have a lot of stink to it. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't necessarily know, especially if you're waiting this long, Especially when they kind of they gave you this thing that oh we're trying to do it right and we're going to bring it back and it's going to be worth the worth the reveal or worth the moment when the Green Lanterns show up to have it be Jessica Cruz no. I don't know if that will really that's that, that yeah well. she may be part yes. of them I don't have any doubt that she would but I don't think she will be the or the first one we see and that's yeah. why like like and just the opposite I think she is going to be one the first one you'll see two the one that's going to be on the Justice League, and three, you'll see Hal Jordan when they actually do the Green Lantern core movie. Like, he'll be an established Green Lantern, but people will be willing to give it more chance because you have this palette no, because the, in the Justice League. The Ang Lee Hulk movie was a piece of trash, and they didn't treat the Incredible Hulk like, like toxic. <laughs> they, they didn't do that. They didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And yeah, but they, they they made another Hulk movie and it didn't do very well because everybody remembered the last treat, one. Right? They didn't go, oh, yeah. okay, well that now that now means Hulk cannot be part of the Avengers. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, but they they did a, for one thing they did a completely different version, and he was only a part of a much bigger team, and there are no other like, you know you're not gonna pick a different Hulk. Like Hulk's Hulk, and everybody yeah, you knows who the Hulk you could, is. You could done it without the whole Bruce knows, Banner thing. I'm not saying that I don't. I don't mean like the Hulk is a different identity when he's not the Hulk. I just mean you could have just had the monster without yeah. without taking the time to throw Bruce Banner in there. Period. I mean, I understand what Chad's point is because let's be honest, that's the third version of the Hulk we got looking within like what ten years. Oh, give spe- or take. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mark, but yeah. speaking of speaking of the Avengers, okay. I don't see them clamoring to add more women to the team just because. Because Mar- Marvel doesn't Marvel doesn't seem honestly as hung up. Ab- I don't think overall Marvel's as hung up about even on the, you know the comics now. You can make a case that's not the case with female, you know, with the female four and things like that. But as far as there, that's one of the interesting things when you compare Marvel and DC. No, Marvel would never even pretend to make it sound like oh one of our big three is a woman because you know that it's not. Right. None of their big major characters are women, and they're okay with that. DC, this again, like we were talking about with the Trinity before. Wonder Woman primarily is in the Trinity because she's a female. It's not because her books sell particularly well. It's not historically. It's not because she's super beloved. Beloved People know who she is. But based on her power set, yeah, it's impressive. But based on her impact on the DCU as a whole <laughs> and her stories and stories that are told about her, that's not why she's in she's in the big three if you look at marvel i mean i mean spider-man's not spider may be no a number one and he's not by and he's not even close to the strongest character he's just the most popular uh so marvel doesn't mean marvel doesn't pretend to have to oh we gotta get a woman in like in our top three or our top five because you'd be hard pressed i mean they're even trying to shoot they're trying to shoehorn captain marvel in now to uh to to make her to be one of the big you know to the one of the big wigs in the power you know, the shaker and movers in the in the marvel universe and probably in the cinematic universe at some point too but up to this point it's pretty much your top 10 not necessarily a raw power either just based on who you think who you think of in the dc in the marvel 
universe, they're almost all men, and they don't really run away from it. DC is kind of different. So from the diversity <laughs> point of view, just like, yes, Jon Stewart was picked to be in that cartoon for diversity and also because during that time frame, it was the whole Hal Kyle thing nobody wanted to get into. You made it Hal, mm. Kyle fans would have been pissed. You made it Kyle, Hal, you know, like the whole people would have been pissed no matter which one of the two you picked. So you avoided both of them. And you kind of would split down the middle and picked one you think both sides would kind of accept, even if they didn't, pref- even if they wanted their own guy to be in there. And Jim, Jim, I agree with you. I, I agree with you in the fact that diversity is a big deal today. I get that. I understand that. But bottom line, I, I do not see, of all industries, I do not see Hollywood choosing diversity over money and marketability and the name recognition of how the name and, and, and visual recognition of either Hal Jordan and John Stewart period is not going to trump the diversity angle. There's, there's no way Hollywood you know sacrifices that money purely for diversity's sake. I tell you what, that's possible. But then why the fuck isn't John Stewart on the Justice League right now? Well, that's because well, Jeff Johnson didn't particularly like John Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, we can look at the way of all <laughs> and I always go back to this partially kidding, but we, we know how Kyle <laughs> fans like to moan and bitch about a lot. John Stewart fans probably can have, have a bigger reason to moan and bitch since the since the rebirth era, <laughs> because John Stewart really had been pushed completely to the back burner. Time and time again, and he and he doesn't really get to do much. And when he does, it's not overly impressive. Besides a, a planet blowing up, and you're giving John more power than he really yeah. has. He, yes, he is chief creative officer. Yes, he has influence. But when it comes to the movies, he's <laughs> not the decision maker. Yes, he does have influence. He does have influence, especially well, yeah. He, he has a lot of influence, especially if he's going to be supposedly working on the you know the, which is again a rumor we heard even before Batman versus Superman came out that he's going to be working with Affleck on a solo Bat movie, <laughs> Batman movie. So that you know that he does ha- he does have a lot of pull, which is one of the reasons why probably realistically, if you had to, if right now you had to put money on which two Green Lanterns How? would possibly be on the Justice League, not based on logic, but based on Johns's influence and and unless that changes before. You know the cinematic universe. We get to that part of it. He probably would put money on Hal or Jessica because those are the those are characters he cares about, and those are characters he has a lot invested in. He doesn't have anything really invested in John Stewart. He doesn't have that much invested in Guy either. So, and Guy wouldn't be because he's not that pop. Because he, you know, Guy is popular, but he's kind of like he's probably about his probably less popular Kyle in the big picture. Guy is the redheaded stepchild. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and this is and this is guy, and this is a guy who we know is a hell of a lot more popular than he was even before. Uh, he got started becoming more popular in the Kyle run, but, but he's certainly even more popular, I think, now than he was then because because Guy's become a much better character. He's been written much yeah. better over the last ten years. But still, I mean, you think based on logic, and you, I think Jim is correct that they absolutely are positioning Jessica Cruz to be an alternative. Doesn't mean they necessarily are absolutely <laughs> married to her to be it. But they're setting her up where there's another option. So where they, maybe they, because especially if they're not going to be touching Green, let's say they don't touch Green Lantern until after Justice League Two. Let's say he's, which is stupid. If they're, let's say if Dark Side's really the bad guy and you don't have a Green Lantern in that movie, that's nuts. But that's that's like 2019. Uh, I think Justice League Two comes out. That's only one year before you know the core movie is supposed to come out. So if you don't have a Green Lantern by then. And maybe maybe at that point they will go with Jessica Cruz if she's been popular over the last few years. So they're setting her up to be a possibility. I don't necessarily know that it's set in stone because they may not know who they're going to 
who they're going to use yet. But based on the fact that Johns is a <laughs> factor and Johns has a lot invested in the Green Lantern Corps, that's part of the reason why you still think he want he would like to bring a. He knows what Hal can be and what stories you can tell with Hal. So I think deep down, no matter what, that's the character he would like to see as the focal point of the Green Lantern universe on film. But if it's not going to be Hal right now, not leaving the logic aside and the logical successor, it might be. I would probably say Jessica has moved up now the fact that we know she's a Green Lantern and the fact that she's going to be all over the friggin' place, at least in the beginning. I'm not denying the facts. I know that the diversity is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I know that Jeff has a lot put put on both Jessica and Simon, and I know that they're positioning her. I'm saying at the end of the day, it's going to come down to uh, marketability and recognition over diversity. Because the diversity Listen, doesn't make the but, money. That it's it's like it's like Mark said earlier about the, not, the vocal minority. No. It's not just it's not just diversity. It's also the marketing. If you have more than one female superhero, then that means you can market to all the little girls that are out there. Because like right now, like the the amount of Wonder Woman stuff that's like that's out there, and she has like a cameo in this. Like, you know, DC's eating it up because they finally can appeal to that market. If you have a female Green Lantern, then that's another character to sell merchandise to females. Because nobody was buying it when, when you know, it was a guy Green Lantern. Like, it, you know, uh, one of the few things, saying... One of the few things that, that Warner Brothers has been able to kind of hang their head on in terms of their live-action superhero movies lately has been the fact that everybody's been more or less pleased with what they're seeing from Wonder Woman in this movie. And especially like the people who have seen the movie are all kind of coming back and saying like, yeah, it was whatever, but Wonder Woman was pretty cool. And they're also kind of like in, in a world where, <clears throat> where Marvel studios has been talking about this Captain Marvel movie for a long time and keeps pushing it back and back and back, irritating a lot of the fan base DC is going to beat them out the door by having their first big female superhero solo movie. So you want to talk marketability, play up that fact, play up the fact that, yeah, we care about our female superheroes. And you know what? Here's another one, another one that can stand right beside Wonder Woman and beside the Flash and Superman. No, it's not like the biggest name or anything, but a lot of people don't know Aquaman yet. (laughs) Or uh, cyborg or whatever. I'm not saying that I prefer her, but I think that that is absolutely the safe bet right now. And then the other thing is, like what Mark was saying, that you know it could very well be that they have not decided what route they're going to go yet, yeah. and that might be that might have some effect on the television shows. Like the reason maybe we haven't seen a Hal Jordan show up was because maybe they weren't sure if they wanted to put him in the movie or not. And if they go with Jessica Cruz, maybe they will want to put him in the TV show to try and like let the TV shows try and brush off some of the stink. Well, technically, we saw and have had reference to Hal Jordan already in the TV shows. We saw a jacket, and they keep talking about Fair Sarah missing a test pilot. Right. And they're kind of they're doubling up on Barry Allen, so. But I don't know. I, you know, I know this isn't proof of anything, but I'm looking at that Justice League cover, and it is the movie Justice League, and Jessica's standing there with them. 